Hello, I'm Adult. And I'm Young. And this is Young Adult, a show where we review pieces of media that both adults and teens can enjoy. Today we're reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home, the biggest movie of 2021. So you've probably already seen it. If you're someone who completely avoids all spoilers, uh, this is our review. It's good. Go see it. Yep. Um, if you're someone who has seen the trailers, but has still avoided all the other spoilers somehow... We'll do a quick overview. Um, yeah, well, if you have avoided all the spoilers, but you want to be spoiled on the entire plot, we'll have, we'll have well, a spoiler not... review in a minute. But, yeah. um, if you've seen the trailers, you know that it contains things from the previous iterations of Spider-Man, so... It helps to have seen those movies. Um, it's probably not strictly necessary, but I can't really tell because we've we've both seen those movies many times, honestly. Yeah, I've probably um, seen all the Spider-Man well, movies twice. Actually, having said that, I haven't actually seen Amazing Spider-Man two. You so, haven't seen it? No, never. No, I, I I knew the plot to it. I've, wow. But I I haven't seen the whole. I th I think I saw the beginning of it or something. It was but, so bad that you didn't even bother watching it. Yeah, well, I mean, it got it got very bad reviews. Yeah, I, I saw, I, I think I did see the beginning of it because I, I I saw the bit with uh, Electro's origin, and that's it, really. It's yeah, it's like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what happened, but <laughs> regardless, uh, this movie worked regardless for me, so it probably will work okay. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, Jamie Fox doesn't even look anything the same in this movie than. Yeah, there are a few references to it, though. Yeah, I mean, you gotta know what's happened. And actually, there's one moment where if you haven't seen that movie, the impact will not be the same. Mm. I don't even know if you know what that moment is, but... I do, I do. Okay. Right. I tried in the room all young and hip. Okay, so um, if you're someone who enjoys listening to lengthy spoiler reviews of movies without watching the movie, um, I guess we'll do a plot summary for you, or if you're forgetful. <laughs> yep, like us. Uh, I'd already forgotten how this movie began. I only saw it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so the movie begins with... Uh, it's pretty much directly leading in from the previous movie. Spider-Man has just had his identity revealed... Uh, there's a there's some a little bit of a gag where he's like running around the house, trying to avoid his aunt seeing news helicopters following him around. Yeah. Uh, trying to shut the blinds. Yeah. Uh, and then they turn on the TV, and it's seen. Their house is seen from outside, like an aerial shot of their house. Yeah. Um. So Spider-Man gets arrested gets off pretty quickly with the help of Daredevil briefly in a weird scene we'll talk about more um, <laughs> and then there's a whole thing where Spider-Man and his friends are trying to get into college but they can't because people still kind of suspect that he killed Mysterio, uh, Mysterio and it's still quite controversial um, he tries as you probably saw in the trailer he tries to use magic to fix the identity thing yeah, but it goes, goes wrong goes and summons, Strange. Yeah, it summons a bunch of uh, super villains from other dimensions and by other dimensions we mean from the, the previous movies, movies yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we'll go into that a little bit because there are a few things that don't quite line up maybe which, yeah but even so it's kind of yeah um it's hard to tell whether those are just mistakes i mean i mean the actors, mistakes yeah it's, it summons the actors from the previous movies <laughs> at any rate yeah um 
well, yeah, we'll talk about that as well. Um, and then he goes, he tries to capture them. Then he decides to try and like redeem them um, because he doesn't want them to die in their own universes. And then he succeeds, and then the movie ends. <laughs> no, not really. Um, yeah, no. And then I mean, that's pretty much what happens. He so tries to redeem them. He succeeds with the help of his fellow. Spider-Man from other dimensions, but first, his Aunt May is killed by one of them, and yeah, th this is the real spoiler review, guys. You were warned. <laughs> and then uh, the only way to to send them back and stop the universe from collapsing or something is for some reason to erase people's memories of him anyway, so... It, well, it was summoning... The spell was summoning ev everyone who knew who Peter Parker was. We'll talk about that as well, because there's a bit of an issue with the continuity and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Doctor Strange erases Peter Parker's existence, I guess. In a, in a, in a scene which raises many, many, many questions. Uh, but it's emotional, <laughs> so it's fine. It is emotional. And uh, yeah, the, that's the end of the movie, basically. Yep. Um, so, what will we discuss about this movie first? Well, we'll kind of go through things vaguely in order, but now that we've covered the entire movie... We don't we have won't, to. We, won't we don't have to follow that to too that. strictly. Yeah. Um, um, well, if we're going in order, will we talk about the Matt Murdock thing first? Well, I, I just want to mention. Uh, obviously, the movie starts. Pr you said pretty much from where the last one picked off. It's pretty much seamless. Yeah. It's. Uh, I saw Tom Holland give an interview where he said that it actually, the last movie's end credit scene ended, on a, freeze frame, and it started from that same freeze frame. Okay. So uh, I'll admit. We actually came into the movie like a minute late, so yes, we didn't we see missed the, the very first, first shot of the movie. I'm very unprofessional, um, I know. <laughs> yeah, so we well, don't quite know the exact extent to which they did that, but it, it's it's pretty clear. Like they they swing they they're swinging around the city. They see his identity being revealed, and then they swing in the window, basically. Yeah. So basically, and are running around trying to hide it. So it's the it's first very clearly the first end credit scene in Far From Home, is. Uh, J.J., whatever his name is. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, it's so complicated to say. It's like a tongue twister, but it's just a name. <laughs> um, shows a, a, a video of Quentin Blake, who's the bad guy from Far From Home, revealing Spider-Man's identity. In, and Spider-Man, at the time, is in the middle of, like, a massive... Like, like he's in the middle of the city, like... Crowded, it's crowded Times Square or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if it's literally Times Square, but it looks. It's that same kind of place. A lot, a lot of like huge screens around. Yeah, and so I'd imagine he just swings right out of there, and that's where the movie picks up. Yeah, although I can't swear to it because I haven't seen the first minute of the movie. Yeah. Uh, also, during this first minute of the movie, uh, Happy and Aunt May break up, which. I guess, is an excuse to not have him be much in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, for all you John Favreau fans, he's not in the movie nearly as much as the others. To the point where it gets a little strained. There's there's one point later on where, like, he sees security camera footage of a bunch of supervillains in his house, and he just phones Peter and is like, hey, why are there a bunch of supervillains in my house? And that's the extent of his response to that. Yeah, he doesn't show up <laughs> until, like, later in the day. Yeah. Uh, he has honestly like three, four scenes in this whole movie, mm. and I mean they're 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 all fine scenes, but yeah, uh, they're cl they clearly 
I mean, he's a busy guy. <laughs> he probably didn't want to be a main character in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, Peter tries to stop them all from seeing the news helicopters following him around. Honestly, not just news helicopters. They're like army helicopters as well, I think. Maybe? I, I thought I, it was just news helicopters. I think I think there was like an army helicopter. Well, there's a weird thing in this movie later on. I, maybe this, this was happening earlier as well, but these, these damage control guys... Who were in the first movie briefly, yeah, as like guys who like do the repairs and stuff, and, and collect all the like d dangerous debris and technology after superhero fights. In this, uh, later on, they just straight up try to murder Peter, and it's never really addressed. But they just like they show up to a superhero fight and just open fire on everyone. Oh yeah, yeah, that was crazy actually. Uh, in like full military gear, so I don't know if maybe they maybe they were present earlier in, in the movie as well with the helicopters. I just and I just didn't notice them. Yeah, of course I I could be wrong. Uh, point is there were helicopters and he's trying to stop them from seeing, but then Aunt May turns on the TV and uh, they can see their own house. I think the TV might already be on. Outside. He's just standing in front of it actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so there's there's like a whole interrogation scene, which is which is funny and all. Um, yeah. It, but it's and it's then, good. They don't they don't dwell too hard on this because at the end of the day, he's innocent and can prove it. You know. Yeah. Like they don't they don't really bother. They they do like a few gags where like you know the guy's like, oh so Mysterio is the one behind all this. Eh? Yeah, it was the drones. The drones that are yours. But like they don't. Yeah, they bother. they like, don't yeah, drag it out it's, too long. It's a long movie, but that doesn't make up much. Yeah. Time. It, it basically basically the way this is solved is, Daredevil from the Netflix shows shows up. Um, which blew a bunch of people's minds because the Netflix shows have never officially crossed over or something. I, there's still some weird issues there that are uh, we're not going to go into, I think. I haven't seen Daredevil, so I... Yeah, me neither, honestly. I mean, I, I just know that that's what he looks like. I know it's supposed to be good, and I actually recognize him because, I mean, I know Daredevil from other iterations of Daredevil, so mm. I, I could recognize him from sight, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, he basically says, yeah, it's cool, you have a strong case, you'll be fine. Yeah, um, they can't afford him. Obviously, he's just kind of. I don't. I think well, he's, he's just consulting or something. I think. I think he's actually a public defender. Oh, I'm not sure. He's definitely a defense guy, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Well, the way he dresses, I thought he was like some sort of super rich. <laughs> he definitely owner. dresses fancy, but I, I don't think he's actually that rich. No. Oh, okay. He's a snappy dresser. Um. Especially yeah. with those sunglasses. Those are sweet. Um. Yeah, I mean that's how I recognize him. And he he shows off his superpowers for no reason, and this is never addressed. And then yeah, he, he, he a brick is thrown in through the window of the flat, and he catches it, like it's about to hit Peter in the face, and he just, without looking, catches it. Yeah, I say without looking, he's blind, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean he's blind anyway, but without looking in the direction, regardless, he catches it, and he just has a cool one-liner and leaves. He's like, oh yeah, I'm a really good lawyer. That's how I can do that. It makes no sense. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of random. He leaves, and the rest of the movie kind of starts kicking into action. Because yeah. up until this point, it's like it's just setting up the plot, but like even the plot hasn't really been yeah so, established. Um, we then get some stuff around like what Peter's life is like now that everyone knows he's Spider-Man, with like crowds of fans and protesters hounding him everywhere and his teachers are all weird about, around him now 
Um, he was already weird teachers. <laughs> if you remember them from the other movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the guy who used to be a, a jerk to him has written a book about yeah, how he's his friend. I don't know what how. I guess I guess there was more interrogation than we realized because <laughs> Flash has written and published a novel about well, not, not a, a novel not a novel show. I mean some, it is a novel some kind of book it's a, it's a big book anyway um, it, it is a novel I suppose because it is fiction <laughs> well he's making up lies about his relationship with hmm. Peter Parker because he's claiming to be his best friend but he's actually yeah I'm not sure about the terminology there although <laughs> later on they make a joke about how oh, his reputation hasn't been impacted because they're not really friends, which doesn't really make sense. So maybe nobody read it. <laughs> Who's going to read a book about this random guy from his school who claims to be his best friend when he's not even ever walking around with him? Yeah. I mean, if um, there's news cameras following you everywhere, they're going to know that Flash is not actually Yeah, his but this, this actually doesn't really matter because pretty much, well, it only matters to set up a scene later on where because Peter goes up onto the roof of the school and hangs out with his friends, and it's like, this is where he goes to escape everything. Yeah. Um, Which is important later on. Uh, um, but, but then he just unceremoniously is out of high school now. Yep. And they're searching for colleges they can go to. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're all smart, very smart people. Because this is some, like, super elite school, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're all putting their name in for it. A college that I cannot remember, but it's... it's a... M MIT is the one they want to go to. Okay, yeah, they're... Wow, okay, I should remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they talk about it a lot, yeah. Um, and they talk about how, like, their backup schools are all in the same place because they're so committed to this friendship. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're a tight will only group of They will only... I, it's, a, it's a strong thing to be like, I will only consider going to a college that's near my friends. Um, but I mean, none of them have many friends except... I Damn, guess. There's literally just three of them. Uh, well, regardless, it doesn't matter because they don't get into anything. I mean, for Peter and MJ, they're dating, so they might have, if they went to a college and each other, they that's a little. That's a little more reasonable. But they, they probably would have been, like, roommates. So, anyway, they do not get into MIT because Peter well, is... So, this, this is a little weird. So, first of all, first all their backup schools reject them, if I remember correctly. And then... They all get their letters from MIT, and they all meet up to open them at once, and obviously it's also a rejection, um, which somehow they don't see coming. <laughs> uh, but the rejection specifically says that it's because of the controversy around Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can't reject them on points, I guess, because they're, yeah, they're very smart students. It's raises, like, I, it doesn't actually feel that plausible, to be honest, like, so, there was recently something which would be very, very vaguely analogous, where I believe uh, this teenager who killed some people during a protest, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, it was a whole thing, um, he was acquitted, but I know there was some issues surrounding his college, not wanting to let him in. I'm not sure if they ended up doing it or not, but either way, it was more like they let him in and then, like, some of the students complained that they didn't want him there. And I'm not even sure if he ended up not being able to go, so... Well, MIT would be very elitist about who they let in. 
So anyone with any Maybe. sort of but trouble you would, you or would controversy... Think, you would think that someone, and they, 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 they really hammered this home in this movie, that he is like a, a major celebrity. They, they straight up call him the most famous person in the world, which is probably exaggerated, but... Most famous person in America, probably. Like, he's a big deal. And it, it seems weird that they would reject him. Just because there's like some controversy around him. Especially considering he was acquitted. Or not even acquitted, like they didn't even charge him. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear that he didn't actually kill Mysterio. But it's not addressed that much, so... Anyway, the point is, this needs to happen for the movie to kick off. Although, yeah. it kind of doesn't. Yeah, now, and in fairness, so, uh, later on, they reconsider, so... <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, the, the, it's, it's funny. A bit, this is a big thing in the movie... But the movie is also kind of unclear on whether it's supposed to be, like, as big a deal as it seems, or if it's maybe sort of just Peter feels like it's a big deal. Yeah, he ne he never goes to talk to anyone about it, at least to try to get his friends in. Which is a great gag, but <laughs> that, that, we'll, we'll get to that, I suppose. Um, I mean, it's pretty much right now, I guess. Well, yeah, so uh, Peter's solution to this problem is to go to Doctor Strange and ask him to do magic to fix it. Uh, and Doctor Strange's like, uh, I can't do that, I don't have time travel anymore. Oh, wait, I actually have a spell that does precisely that exact thing you want. Yeah, so <laughs> Wong briefly shows up and is like, don't uh, do this, Strange. Oh, yeah, as Sorcerer Supreme, I think it's a bad idea, because Wong is Sorcerer Supreme. No, that was good. Yeah, that was good. We all thought it would be Doctor Strange. Yeah, but Doctor Strange was, was dead for five years, so during that period, he had to get a replacement. Yeah. Honestly, when I say we all thought, I mean, I never thought about it once, but... It never occurred to me for a moment that they would have replaced him, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think about it, like, yeah. But but once they say it, it goes, oh yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, so... Uh, but he doesn't, go he doesn't down forbid to it, so... A magic basement, and start doing the spell. Except, yep. Peter messes it up by continuously trying to change it, which... I guess could have probably been avoided if Strange just stopped the spell and asked Peter. To it lay seems it out like first. it, yeah. It also seems like Peter is kind of an idiot in the scene, like a huge idiot. Where Strange repeatedly says, "If you keep changing the spell, things will go wrong," and Peter keeps adding on new conditions. Yeah. And like, Strange seemed like he was handling it okay until like the seventh condition or something. Like. <laughs> yep. I think I think it's five. Peter Peter continuously changes like five things to the spell. He wants more and more people to continue to know who he is. Yeah. Now the final condition, which is important, is actually I want everyone who knew before to still know. Yes. So I think the implication is that this is why the villains are summoned. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Strange shuts down the spell. Uh, I mean, it has not worked, obviously. It was getting yeah. out of hand... He manages to close it down. So it like, it like explodes and then Strange squishes it into a tiny little ball of magic. And puts yeah. it in a magical box. Yeah, magic. <laughs> and so then Peter tells him that he actually hasn't done anything before this to try. Yeah, Strange says something like, you know, what, what did they say to you when you called them or something like that? And he's like, wait, I can phone them? There's a way to communicate with these people? I thought, I thought the rejection was final. And Strange was like, you wanted me to wipe the whole world's minds before you tried making a phone call? Get out of here. Yeah, so Doctor Strange is now angry at him. Peter's 
upset because people still know, I guess. But then... So he, he, he runs off anyway to try and make this appeal in person. Yeah, he calls Flash and sets up a deal where he'll swing Flash to school. Oh yeah, he promises to swing Flash, I guess, to college? Every yeah. day for a month? Yeah. In order it's... to tell... If he'll tell him where the MIT official who's in town is like a recruiter or something i don't know what i don't know who she is exactly but she's she's some kind of mit person who has the ability to get him in or something yeah um so that's what flash wants in return for some reason yeah i mean this he really he really just wants this is just a joke he wants he wants peter to tell people that he's his best friend i think so that his book will be sold oh maybe that's it Uh, um he tried to cash in it failed and now he's trying to cash in properly yeah but so he goes to find this person he says to her you know please let my friends in and he's like he's like really clear it's like oh it's it's not me you don't have to let me in just let them in because i'm so selfless um but oh wait supervillains attack and he saves her and she's like oh yay i guess i will let you in because you're a superhero actually which is funny because a part of me thought maybe she's gonna be like hmm maybe we actually made the right decision because we don't want regular supervillain attacks at our school yeah. But no, that doesn't seem to cross her mind. Well, I mean, he actually specifically saves her. He doesn't just fight off the villain and save a bunch of people, which he does. He specifically goes out of his way to continue saving her, possibly letting other people die <laughs> in the process of... Yeah, he, he basically just saves her. Like, he doesn't really save... He saves, like, one other... He saves some people falling off a bridge, which is reminiscent of, like, every other Spider-Man movie. Yeah, he saves, like, one other car full of people, and then he saves her, and everybody else, I guess, gets away... Am I wrong in saying that in all iterations of Spider-Man, there are people falling off a bridge and he has to save them? Probably. I mean, it's it's an easy thing to do with his powers, I guess. Yeah, in the Tobey Maguire one, like, in the, the finale of the first film, is saving people from yeah, the Toby bridge. Yeah, Tobey Maguire definitely did it. I Now, Andrew Garfield, I actually remember a scene that's it's basically the same scene in as in this movie, where he's people are being knocked off a bridge by the lizard... And oh yes, yes. Okay. He's, he's literally that just saving right. them the same way, the same thing. It's it's basically the same scene, but with a different actor. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, he's got webs, so like that's a thing he can do. He can catch a car yeah. and Spider-Man stick can him to the thing. fights villains, and like he can climb down and climb on the cars. It, it it works well with his powers. Yeah, Spider-Man fights villains on a bridge quite a lot. Is my <laughs> yeah. point. Uh, this is this is one of those like traffic bridges where it's just like an overpass, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's important to mention this is Alfred Molina's. Uh, Doc Ock. Yes. From so, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, that was in the trailer. <laughs> it, it was in the trailer. There's a lot of memes made out of it and stuff. But, yeah, he finds out that it's not Tobey Maguire, I guess. Yeah, but uh, the fight is resolved with a gag where he steals some of Spider-Man's nanotech suit and then the Spider-Man nanotech. is still able to control it, so he just seizes control of his arms and easily defeats him with that. Yeah, I mean... Doc Ock's whole thing is that he has some metal arms, so it's yeah. not... It's not like, it's played, it's played for laughs, though. Like, yeah, it's just a joke. Really. Um, uh, but then, just as he's defeated him, oh wait, Green Goblin shows up. And then... Now this, here is the first actual continuity error in the film that I know of. So, I mean, except for Alfred Molino being 20 years older than he was when... Well, they've when de-aged he, him digitally. Not that much. They've, they've done their best. <laughs> he's He's still clearly at least 10 years older than... He was in the first film. Maybe. He's gone of a man from 
40 years old to like you you watched that film more recently than i did so 50 like he he's clearly aged between instances especially when this is supposed to pick up right after he it's not 100 percent clear what like moment this is supposed to be but i think i think he says i'm not sure i'm not sure exactly he he does talk about what his last memory is i can't remember what it was it's the very end of spider-man 2 yeah it's if, but it's not literally. Remember, it's not remember, literally the end. No, right at the end, he sacrifices himself. It's literally like the scene where he's killing Spider-Man at the end of Spider-Man Two. Just but Toby, Toby, uh, Spider-Man gets out of that situation, and then you know the finale of Spider-Man Two happens. Okay. But it is literally in the last, you know, the big finale moment of Spider-Man Two. Hmm. It's his last memory. Yeah, and another thing about it, I think he might be wearing different coat as well. I think he's wearing the same coat actually, but it seems well. It's it's close enough that I, having seen Spider-Man Two again, just recently, didn't get jarred by that. I did get jarred by the, by the fact he did look a bit older, but I knew that was going to happen because it is a long, long time later. Okay, um, but yeah, so he recognizes the Green Goblin as Norman Osborn, which doesn't make any sense in the terms of the timeline of the Raimi films, if you think about it. Because Actually, it nobody makes... knows nobody knows that Norman Osborn was the Great Goblin until, like, the third film when his son finds out and nobody else. I think maybe Spider-Man tells him in Spider-Man 2. I don't, I don't know. So. I don't know how that would happen, but... Now that you say it, you're right, but also... Does he not separately mention, like, the Green Goblin everyone knows is dead, and Norman Osborn everyone knows is dead. I mean, it wouldn't actually be hard to piece I think, it together. I think he but... actually reacts to the Green Goblin by saying Norman, or something like that. Hmm, that's like, interesting. Norman, you're supposed to be dead, or something like that. So, I mean, to be fair, he's a very clever scientist. Maybe he just realized that... Maybe. These two people who died on the same day, uh, <laughs> one, of which, one of which was a villain who wore uh, Oscorp tech... Yeah, maybe it was one of these things where, like, everyone kind of knew except his son, who was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, there's a, there's a few of these little plot holes. Um, well, I say that, actually. There's, there's a later one, which is just a plot hole within this movie that I'm, I'm going to talk about. But uh, with this one, I'm inclined to kind of hand-wave it away, but just because, like, it's a multiverse. It could be, maybe this is a different version of it. Yeah, him. I mean, we'll be honest... Uh, like, he's older, it seems like he's, he recognizes Toby later on, and it's it's hinted that, you know, they are from the same timeline, you know? Yeah. So, if they are, then that means the events of Spider-Man movies happened a long time later in Spider-Man's... Well, no, I, th I think the implication is that they happened, he died, and then later on this version of Toby gets pulled, because they're pulled from different points in the timeline somehow. Oh, that's... That's that's actually something. Maybe they're from separate timelines, but they just look the same. That's true. It could just be that they're from similar you know, so universes. In yeah. his timeline, maybe the first Spider-Man movie happened, but then everyone knew who Norman was. Like, there's lots of very easy ways to explain this away. Yeah. Uh, we could we could feed feed into them a lot and talk about it for a long so, time, but I don't from think an, it's really from an in-universe perspective. This is easy to explain, but. It does bother me a little bit that they didn't pay more attention to stuff like this. Like, like this is an easy mistake to make, guys. Like, you know, it would have been very easy not to have done this. You know, that's true. Like, surely they rewatched those movies, trying to, try to when they were trying to plan this stuff out. 
You'd, you'd think they would have, someone would have caught this, but whatever. Um, so anyway, um, so uh, just just as uh, Green Goblin is attacking, Spider-Man gets teleported away by, uh, by Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah, they, they, they get teleported to Doctor Strange's lair. Uh, which is what it, what it is. It's like a dungeon under the... They literally call it a dungeon, yeah. I mean, it is a dungeon, let's be honest. It's literally like an ancient dungeon. It's like a magical dungeon Yeah, or something. Yeah, it is, but it's like an ancient dungeon with, like, video gamey force fields that you control with a big button in the middle. Yeah, it actually does look exactly like a type of video game, now that you say it. Um... <laughs> I hadn't thought about that before. <laughs> yeah, um... So... Doctor Strange is like, oh yeah, so the spell, a little bit of it did get cast, and it summoned these guys. Um, now, Doctor Strange claims that they were summoned because they knew who he was, I think, hmm. in their universe. Um, as we'll discuss, that doesn't hold up later on. So I'm not sure what to think about that. But regardless, uh, he sends Peter off, he gives him a special teleport web shooter that teleports people instantly into his jail, which... That was a fun little thing. It is. Kind of seems like that would be useful in other situations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you just gave that type of thing to Iron Man in other movies or something, hmm. you imagine if they just locked Thanos? Imagine if they just teleported Thanos into a, into a cage. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yep. At one point, at some points, they have the gauntlet and Thanos gets it back. They could have just shot the gauntlet, and Thanos would be like, "Where's the gauntlet?" Mm. Or they could have shot the the gauntletless Thanos, because like, I, if he had the gauntlet, he could protect himself. But yeah, like, there's there's a lot of stuff you could do with the Doctor Strange character that would solve pretty much all of the problems that arrived in all the other movies. Yeah, well, in fairness, like, this is something that they just—I mean, you could say maybe he didn't even discover the spell until like just now, maybe you know. That's true. Certainly, the writers didn't that until just, just now. But imagine if they had. Because they wanted to give Spider-Man a magic web shooter. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's... Oh, they also do a thing where he turns his costume inside out because it got some paint on it. Yeah. Uh, oh, might be worth mentioning... There's a lot of costume changes in this movie. Really. Yeah. They, earlier they must have gotten like 50 toys out of this movie. Earlier in the movie, uh, when he's fighting Doc Ock, Doc Ock actually, like, like we mentioned, rips off a bit of his suit. He rips off like the chest part of his suit, so he's kind of exposed. Yeah, that's, so a, he, that's a big thing as well. So, like, throughout the on, movie, his costume is, like, reconfiguring itself to, to compensate for having less stuff. Yeah, so it's, like, changing which part is open. Yeah. On it, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, so... Am I right in saying... I think I am. Doctor Strange already has Kurt Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard. He does, yeah. Uh, and... Okay, yeah. So they go off, and they're tracking these people. Uh, Spider-Man calls in MJ and Ned to help him out because they're the guys in the chair. I guess. Uh, I don't really remember what they do. They kind of just scour the internet looking for anything that yeah, might be another they just, villain. They just watch, like, news feeds, I guess. Yeah, so... Spider-Man... Will they find... Evidence and they of talk. Somebody. And they talk. They talk a little bit with Doc Ock about the fact that Norman Osborn is is dead and he's the Green Goblin. Yeah. Which that's... again, they haven't heard anyone say other than him that it's Norman Osborn. So he definitely knows. Okay. Yeah. You're 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 right. I'll admit. It. I'll admit it. You're right. Uh, so the next villains they find 
are Jamie Foxx's Electro and, and Sandman, Sandman from Spider-Man 3. Yeah, so the, there's there's a couple interesting things here. First of all, uh, they do a whole thing where like Electro is absorbing the electricity from this dimension. And it turns out in this dimension, electricity is yellow instead of blue. So he looks more like his comic version, which is yellow instead of blue. And he looks like Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. And he just... blue creature. Yeah, and once he does that, he just turns back into a human, but with his powers, instead of being, like, made of pure electricity. Yeah, if if you remember from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was not so amazing, uh, Electro is, like, made of blue energy, and it's just kind of... I guess they're pretty much just using Jamie Foxx likeness. Yeah. it's it's. I'd say it was motion capture i don't even know what they did i don't know because it doesn't look particularly like jimmy fox i thought at some point yeah it's probably so. motion capture he's like transparent uh, stuff yeah mostly jamie fox role in that movie was his voice <laughs> uh but anyway he's not blue which is a lot better because that looked terrible and everybody hated it when it came out yeah um, it did not look cool and the other, the other interesting thing about the scene is that Sandman is a good guy. He looks, sees Spider-Man and goes, oh, hey, Spider-Man, it's my buddy, and helps yeah. him. Which implies that after the events of Spider-Man 3, uh, Sandman, who does not die, becomes a superhero or something? Well, maybe not a superhero, but he seems to, at the very least, remain on good terms with Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, again, so later on in this movie, pretty much immediately after the scene, they, they, they capture Electro and Sandman, even though they didn't really need to capture Sandman because he was on their side. And, uh... Well, yeah, that that's a mistake made by Doctor Strange, isn't it? Um... No, I think Peter deliberately... Oh, no, zaps sorry, him. that's... He's He zaps Electro, and, and Sandman is like, Whoa, did you just vaporize that guy? And he goes, Nope, and then zaps him as well. Yeah, well, yeah, Sandman was turning <laughs> he was against like, him. He was like, Did you just kill that guy? He was like you a little do bit skeptical. He was like mildly skeptical of him, and he immediately zaps him. <laughs> I, I seem to remember him starting to, like, bristle and be, become threatening didn't even try to explain uh they also capture an ordinary bush which is funny oh yeah they just they accidentally shoot a tree at one point because yeah. it goes right through electro because he's just made of energy yeah which was a good gag um and they have ned thinking that it's like a magical tree or something yeah so then they, they they all chat about this whole thing a bit more including dr strange and what they come down with is that everyone who's come through is someone who's going to be killed by Spider-Man. Wait, you've missed part of the movie. Oh, have I? You've missed Green Goblin being captured. Oh, that's true, yes. Okay, Green so Goblin... Uh, we, we get well, a scene. Green Goblin is barely captured. He shows up at Aunt May's... Uh, yeah, we get like, a homeless shelter that she runs. Earlier, reminiscent of the first Spider-Man film, where he he lands in an alleyway and he's back to being Yeah, he has Norman. an argument. He has an argument with the Goblin persona, Norman does. Yeah, he's back to being Norman, and he breaks the, the mask and apparently wanders into Aunt May's homeless shelter, because I always forget that that's what she does. I guess. <laughs> uh, it was kind of mentioned in the other movies, but... There was... She definitely ran a charity. I didn't realize it was a homeless shelter, to be honest, but maybe that's just me forgetting. Yeah, it seems like she runs a homeless thing. At, like a soup kitchen or something? I don't know. And so he shows up there because there was, like, a mural of Spider-Man. I don't. I guess he doesn't realize that people just paint murals on stuff. I think he gets lucky though because like, there was. Well, there, I think I think it was it was something to do with like Spider-Man, Spider-Man being, having like, the face of that. Yeah, because because they they did do that in the, in the previous movie where like Spider-Man was like at a charity function for them, helping to hype them up. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, it worked out for him, but I mean, he could have walked into like a random news agents or something. Mm. Out of the, I don't know. He might well have walked into just a bunch of buildings looking for Spider-Man or something. And he's he's changed into some at some point he's changed into like grungy homeless person clothes and his green goblin colors. I'm not sure we got those. Perhaps Aunt May gave him to him to cover up his ridiculous suit when maybe he, when he wandered in and was clearly just. A I feel like he man. was already wearing those when he showed up, though. I might be wrong. Well, we don't see him showing up. Don't we see him like looking at the thing and then? No, we just see him in there with Aunt May after she calls him. Okay, I thought we saw him like see a sign with with Spider-Man or something. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have the clothes. He breaks the mask and he's just in his suit, which doesn't bring us the kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And then he finds Aunt May off screen. Regardless, somehow he he gets like a. It's like it's 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 based on his co- on his comic costume, which is more like cloth, and yeah, uh, he has like a like a hat, but they've given him a hood. It's a hoodie in this. Yeah, so... Um, so, that's that's kind of what's going on there. He's just kind of chilling, chatting with Aunt May. She calls up Peter, and Peter comes and just brings him in. He doesn't zap him or anything. And this is the moment I was thinking of. Doctor Strange shows up and locks him in one of the cage things. Yeah. Uh, which, I guess, is somewhat a betrayal of Norman's trust, but because he seems upset about it. Yeah. I guess so, he is locked in a cage, but it's pretty spacious. Yeah, so they have a whole debate about the ethics of sending people back to alternate timelines where we know they're about to die. Um, so, like, Sandman, was Sandman, Sandman wasn't even fighting Spider-Man, so they, it can't be true that he was about to die to Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever says he was. And, well, none of them none of them know for sure. They just know from what the other people were saying. Yeah. Their... Like for instance, Electro knows that the lizard is gonna. Yeah, Electro. Electro listens to the other stories and then Hang goes, on. "Oh, wait a sec. Yeah, now that I think about it, the situation I was in, was probably about to result in my death." Yeah. The lizard survives, doesn't he? Am I wrong? Is he not cured at the end? Maybe he's not. Maybe he gets killed. I don't remember. He's cured, and maybe he then dies. I actually don't remember. Oh, he does. He has one of those falling off the building moments where, mm. like, self-sacrifice. For the greater good or something. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so um, he is about to die, but he doesn't about to get now, killed. Now, the thing is, this has to be a coincidence, because we've brought up Sandman. Also, later on in the movie, other Spider-Men have been pulled through as well. Yeah. And I think we can infer that maybe other people were pulled through and we just don't see them. Yeah, they just get sent back later on. Yeah, but like clearly these Spider-Men probably were not brought through at a time when they were about to die, right? Or like about to commit suicide or something. Like, I guess, I guess, just dying in any kind of fight would probably count as getting killed by Spider-Man by the loose rules. But there's, there's no reason why they should all be people who would be killed by Spider-Man anyway. They're not. Like, it's, it's clear that like two, maybe three of these people that they have locked up are gonna get killed by Spider-Man or die. Yeah. And Peter is like, no, we can't kill them. Well, no, no, because Electro. Lizard and Doc Ock were all about to die. Yeah. Okay. So everyone and actually, accepts... and, so, and so was Norman Osborn. So actually, it's it's four of the five. Yeah. So it's everyone except Sandman, but also most of the other people in the world that they haven't detected already were probably not about to die. Spider-Man, including the fact that some of them were just Spider-Man. So 
Yeah, and in fairness, it's just, that's just me speculating that there might have been other people pulled through, but like they never look for anyone who's not a supervillain or a Spider-Man. So it's it's pretty much a certainly. I think it's likely that like I said, a very confused MJ wandering around somewhere, and like like an Aunt May. It would have been like, funny if like at oh, some point no. we just we just <laughs> cut to like, uh, I don't know Emma Stone just like wandering around, like <laughs> yeah. what's happening? Well, Emma Stone was about to be killed by Spider-Man. Oh, that's true. Uh, or at least around Spider-Man. Kirsten Dunst. In that case, yeah, just wandering around, chilling. <laughs> like, yeah, this is definitely not where I'm from. This is clearly the future or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. They make a big deal in this movie about how technology in the MCU is more advanced, which I'm not sure is true. I feel like I mean they do have nanotech. Well, they do, but like, they had robot arms and they had like genetically modified spiders. Yeah, but we and have smartphones and stuff. Electric so. eels. <laughs> well, but by the time, I don't know. I I, I feel like they they had pre they all had comic book technology. Anyway, who who really knows? Anyway, um, anyway, so Doctor Strange is just gonna send them back. He's, yeah, Doctor he's Strange created is... a device, and he's like, look, what happens to them in their own timeline is their own fault. It's their problem, that's fate. It's their fate, yeah. We're gonna send them back. Um, he also makes the point that, like, in an infinite multiverse, you, everyone's gonna die, you can't save everyone, you know what I mean? I mean, he's kind of right, honestly. Well, yeah, but that kind of applies to everyone. Like, now, I, by that logic, why are you bothering to save people in this universe, you know? In some yeah. other universe, they're gonna die. But they're not gonna die in your universe, in which case they will All right, but like these, You can save these specific individuals, even if, like, other versions of them will still die. Yeah, okay, but to be fair, Peter's plan is nonsensical and had zero chance, really, of working except the fact that it did because it's a movie. He fixes them all in one day. Yeah. That's not going to happen in real life. He he comes up with insane technological innovations yeah, in a single evening. Some of them, them, it's also worth noting that even though it, it works... It's not really... We don't actually know that it saves any of their lives. Yeah, like, the second they get sent back when it works, they could, his, they're probably going to be in the same situation. So they he, might die uh, anyway. He, so he, uh, he, he has a cool fight scene with Doctor Strange and seals the magic box and all the supervillains and runs away, um, trapping Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension, which is a really cool fight scene, but... Um, there's not much to talk about. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. Apart from the fact that uh, right at the end, there's like a, <laughs> it's a bit where he goes, of course, geometry, and then he like... Yes. I'm good at geometry, and that lets me be good at this somehow. Yeah, he's going to get stuck in the mirror dimension, but then he realizes that the mirror dimension is just geometry and spiderwebs his way out because, yeah, Peter was someone who would have gotten into MIT. He's a very smart person. Yeah, I guess... I don't really... I guess what happens is that he figures out a pattern and is able to predict where the things are going to move and use that to trap Doctor Strange. I think that's what's happening. Um, I don't know geometry. It's, it's not handled super well. He like, it felt it felt it felt kind of goofy. Where he's just like, of course, geometry, and then he like says some geometry techno babble and wins. <laughs> yeah, like Doctor Strange doesn't see the webs closing in on him. He he also steals pattern. Doctor Strange's ring thing before exiting. Oh yes, yes, the, he, ste- he, he steals the magic portal ring. I don't remember what that's called. It's called a sling ring. Now I remember why I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> not very memorable. It it also. Like, does Doctor Strange really have no other way of escaping from that? I mean, no. Like... If he needed a portal to get there, he's going to need a portal to get out. But he doesn't have, like, a way to contact another wizard with a spell, or... 
like he's summoned some creature that can travel between dimensions or something. Like he's to got be fair so to many him, powers. He's just falling the whole time. Isn't he? Is he falling or is he suspended? I, I think he's suspended by webs. So in which case his hands are probably blocked, so he can't. That might anything. be the case. Yeah. Point is, he's stuck there for like the rest of the movie until the very end. <laughs> yeah, he's surprisingly okay with this. Uh, he's kind of annoyed, but I guess like... He gets over it in like a literal second. Yeah, so Spider-Man's like, okay, I'm gonna fix you all or I can send you back and kill you. Yeah, now Spider-Man's plan here is weird. So, he decides... He's, he talks about fixing them, but what it appears he means is that he's going to remove all their superpowers. Yes. Which, well, except possibly we, Sandman, he, he, they, they do end up removing Sandman's powers, but it's except not... Except Sandman, maybe, and Doc Ock, who's... That's true, but Doc Ock, they Doc actually Ock just... Doc is physically bound to those. He actually would die if No, they, no, no, I, I don't think that's the case. They're grafted to him. That's what happens in the movie. Really? I, I thought they could be removed. They in just... the explosion, like, it zaps him, and, like, they become, like, grafted to him, and that's why he can't get them off. Well, I remember there's a bit where, like, he's in surgery and they're trying to remove them because the arms wake up and kill everybody yeah i i the implication there was that the arms are just grafted to him Hmm. i i think i think they maybe could be removed but regardless what he does is he fixes the chip and gives him control over them so that actually makes a lot of sense that's perfectly yeah yeah Um, electro was driven mad by the power it was he i that's what i assumed he he was a, a down on his luck person who suddenly got power and was like yeah i'm just gonna Right, but like, like, when you say driven mad by the power, like, the power went to his head, but it didn't, like, directly affect his personality, did it? I mean, he becomes a very different person once he has the powers. I guess. You said, I mean, you haven't even seen the movie, so. Yeah, well, I, I saw, I saw the, I saw his transformation, and it seemed like his, he, his whole thing in that was that he was obsessed with Spider-Man even before he transformed. Yeah, there's a, there's a scene where Spider-Man saves him from getting killed by a car. And from that point on, Spider-Man tells him he's special. Yeah. Maybe he's about to commit suicide in, in front of a car. I don't remember what what happened. Point is, Spider-Man tells him he's special and that he's his friend or something. And he becomes obsessed with Spider-Man and thinks he's his friend. Yeah, and then after he transforms, I, I saw that I saw far enough to know that after he transforms, the cops are like, oh man, it's a supervillain. And Spider-Man shows up, but Spider-Man doesn't recognize him or remember his name. And yeah. he gets, and that's that, that's like his whole thing that he's then so enraged that Spider-Man lied to him that he wants to kill him. So he seems like he's just a crazy person from the beginning, and like a, like like a dangerous stalker. Yeah, he is possibly becoming mentally ill over his obsession with Spider-Man. I mean, I, th- I think he was already mentally ill. It just gave it a focus, you know. Yeah. Like he's an intelligent. He person. was just this guy, but then. You know, so I don't see how, and even if that wasn't the case, removing his superpowers while he's in the middle of some kind of overloading electric generator thing. Huh. He's going to fall from like 50 feet. Seems like it's just going to get him killed instantly, yeah. <laughs> from what I remember in the in the movie, he's like suspended like 50 feet, like absorbing power or also, something. Also, like, if the generator thing is overloading, won't it still electrocute him? Maybe he just gets his powers back then. But now he's been taught a moral lesson. <laughs> Maybe. Um, that would actually be pretty funny, in fairness. Lizard literally already got cured in his movie. Yeah. Uh, now, in fairness, his powers do make him evil. So, like, he, he the lizard transformation a, makes him he evil. He turns so. into a giant man-eating lizard. I yeah. mean, there's no getting around but that. But, A, I don't think Spider-Man knows that at any point in the movie. Nobody tells him that. 
Lizard certainly doesn't go, oh yeah, I'm evil because of this. Maybe, they, they do talk about, like, oh, he experiments on himself. It's possible that even uh, Electro tells Spider-Man at some point that this guy was just a regular scientist, cool guy, before he decided to inject himself with yeah. his... So the thing is, whatever if, it was, super strength. The thing is, if Spider-Man realizes this, then he should also realize that Lizard will not go along with being cured. So either way, it doesn't make sense. Well, point is, I mean, they actually just leave Lizard locked up. Well, they, no, they they leave him waiting in the car. He's not locked up at all. He has to break out. Does he? Yeah. That, there's, there's a whole scene where he's trying to break out of the car because they're not in the car. They're in like a van. And I maybe they know. leave it locked, but like point is, he's super strong anyway. That's not really. He does. He, he does, says he wants to live, wait in the car. I'm pretty sure. He just gets. He does get out by himself, though. So he was always. He was already. He was always intending to get out, but I guess Spider-Man doesn't know that. So yeah, he's like, "Cool, you stay here." Um, and again, so he and as we later learn, even if we didn't know it already, which we do because we've seen the movies, he was already cured, and then died. So. Well, he curing died. him will not prevent him from dying unless you, um, depending on when he, like, it's not clear when in the timeline he's pulled from again, but. Am I wrong in saying that he died because he had to do something that involved falling off a building to stop something? I've got to be honest, I don't remember. Okay, no, yeah, you were absolutely right. He doesn't die, he's just locked in jail after he's transformed. Okay, so clearly, once you convinced me that he did die and I was wrong. You started to manufacture it in your head, yeah. How he had died, because I remembered him being, okay, yeah, so I was right. He doesn't die. I mean, maybe he dies in prison. Like, yeah, at the moment that he was brought back, he was not about to die. They he had was a, actually about to be cured. They they had a whole thing saved. in those movies where like there was this this Ravencroft place or something where it was like they were being mean to the inmates, and that was a whole thing. Like for there was like a prison for superheroes or for supervillains or like a mental. It was like an Arkham Asylum type deal, you know. I mean. Was that in these movies? What? It was, yeah. It was like it was more in the second one, I think. Um, is that not Venom? They do something similar in Venom, yeah. But oh, okay. Maybe, I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, regardless, maybe he died in there somehow. But um, it's not. It, there's no. I don't think it's likely that curing him will prevent this because he was already cured and it didn't prevent this. Yeah. So um, Green Goblin. Yeah. Fair enough. But again, as actually happened in the movie, it seems like. It's very naive for them to assume that his Green Goblin personality won't fight them and stop it. Yeah. Um, so am I forgetting cures... anyone? Have we Sam covered them all? I guess. Oh Sam. yeah. So Sandman. Okay. So Sandman. Sandman's actually just a, a good person. Sandman's a good guy. I don't. Um, I don't remember he, what he was in prison for. He's more or less a good guy. He's he was in prison for committing crimes like stealing things. Oh. Uh, but it was it was like oh but it I was, have a sick daughter I, I I wanted the money to help pay for her makes everything cures. okay in movies trust me uh, well I mean Sandman's like Sandman's thing is that he's kind of not a great person but he's not like an evil person you know what I mean like yeah he's just he's like a, a sketchy he, guy he, yeah he's he's a sketchy criminal but he's not he's he's not like a mass murderer he's not he's not even a murderer really like he he accidentally kills Uncle Ben but you've forgotten that. You, you can't see his expression, but he is in baffled movie, by this concern. What movie does he kill Uncle Ben? You rewatched these movies quite recently. He killed Uncle Ben. He's the guy who shot Uncle Ben. No, he is not. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. I know the actor. He's not the guy who... Sh no, no. So, there was... In the first movie, 
there's the guy who kills Uncle Ben. And then in the third movie, they find out that, oh, wait, actually, he had a partner who was really the guy who shot Uncle Ben, and it was Sandman. Oh. That's like half of Spider-Man's motivation in that movie, is that he wants to kill him because he is the guy who killed Uncle Ben, and also Man. because he's turning into Venom. That's crazy. I ha I didn't rewatch the third one. Oh, yeah, I mean... I, 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 I remembered it being a not-great movie, it's a, so. it's, it's a dumb plot point. It doesn't really make any sense, but... <laughs> I remembered it being a not-great movie and was like, nah, I won't bother rewatching that one. Mm. But I yeah, guess that was a mistake. That's part of his characterization. Like, he, he was pointing the gun at Uncle Ben, and then, like, the guy that Spider-Man thought shot him actually startled him and caused him to shoot him. I think is what happened. And then he, like, regrets it, but... Um, and that's actually quite different to what I thought. Okay. That makes... Yeah. So he's... My, my point is, yeah, he's not a murderer, except in the, the literal sense. Uh, <laughs> he's not a murderer, he's not, except he's for not, that guy he murdered. He's not like Green Goblin, where he's out there deliberately murdering a bunch of people. And he's not a laughing mass as murderer. He, and laughing as he does it, you know? He's... He's just a regular criminal, and he's willing to help Spider-Man against more actual supervillains who are like cackling maniacs. Yeah. Um, okay, so which which is an interesting character, and I I kind of wish they did more with him in this movie, honestly. Yeah, the um, lizards and Sandman are basically ignored in this movie because, I mean, nobody really cares about them, except for you, apparently. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, Sandman is by far the best part of that movie. Um, what movie? Spider-Man, Spider-Man three? three. Yeah. Spider-Man 3, the Tobey Maguire one, that is. Not No Way Home. <laughs> yeah. That's the movie we're reviewing now. <laughs> or, the in, or the planned Amazing Spider-Man 3, which never got made. <laughs> because, yeah, those were not great movies. Yeah. Um, they maybe weren't as bad as everyone said they were, but they were not good movies. Yeah, honestly, I quite liked the first one. It was, it was the second one that I think was really... The problem with the first one was it came out five years after Spider-Man 3. And only like 10 years after the first Spider-Man and they decided to go with the whole retelling of his origin story. Yeah. That was not a popular choice. Well, that didn't help. There were other problems with and it. That made it quite a long movie. There was, there was, a, there, I think there was two. First of all, it, I think it did undergo quite a lot of rewrites and reshoots and stuff, which always throws oh, things out a little bit. There's also the weird uh, murder mystery about his parents. Yes, that was the other flaw I was going to say. Um, also, not having MJ and instead having Gwen. I'm fine was... with that. That's no, I didn't like Gwen. I mean, they already did an MJ, you know. I didn't like Gwen. I, I liked her well enough. I mean, she's fine, <laughs> you know. Um, okay, maybe that maybe that was just me. Then. <laughs> I mean, I, MJ wasn't the most compelling character ever either. But I I think I liked Kirsten Dunst more than I liked Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy, who I found kind of annoying. Hmm. Although, to be fair, Kirsten Dunst's character was more kind of just being the ma- maiden in distress a lot. Yeah. She didn't get to do much, which was a pity, because, I mean, Kirsten Dunst is really good, so maybe they should have done more with her. Yeah. Um, and they, I, f- I, I found the whole thing where her dad is the police chief who is hunting Spider-Man more interesting than MJ's relationship drama stuff. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. That's just a matter of taste, though. Am I right in saying that Gwen briefly shows up in... She does. She's in Spider-Man 3, yeah. Yeah, like, he saves her at one point, and then he kisses her in front of MJ. Yeah, she presents She presents him with an award, and he does the upside-down kissing thing with her in front of everybody. 
Including his girlfriend. Which, in fairness, yeah, that was an absolutely legitimate thing to be mad about. Was he already venomed up at that point? No, I don't think he was. Oh, he wasn't even Bully Maguire yet. <laughs> oh. I, th- I think he just... I mean, look, I... No, I don't, I don't really... I, don't, I can't really defend that, honestly. Like, that's... Like, he kind of just thought it was like, oh, you know, it's just like a chast kiss as part of the award. Like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing people do. Yeah. I mean, I guess... It wasn't like when you're being awarded the award, you, you, you know, you kiss someone on cheek and hug them or whatever as you're getting the award. You see that sometimes. It was like a full-on, like, upside-down the Spider-Man kiss. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was maybe a little less involved than, than their kiss in the rain or whatever, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's... Doesn't cast him in a great light now that I, now that I think back on that. Hmm. I, mean, I mean, she's I, has I, genuine I, reason I don't, to be really upset. I, yeah, I, I don't think he was venomed at that point. I might be wrong. Though. In my mind, I was offended I'm pretty, that with I'm pretty sure, Maguire. I'm pretty sure he wasn't venomed, and then later on, when he is venomed, he just straight up goes to try and get with her. He totally punches in MJ in the face when he's bullying Maguire. Yeah, I think I think that might be an accident. He like, well, whatever it is. Bully Maguire is simultaneously the best and worst part of that movie. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with I'm, honestly people people really hated that. I'm kind of okay with it. Like it was hilarious. Yeah, it was the the the, the bits that were funny were funny. And the like, dancing scene remains as one of the most iconic pieces of 21st century cinema. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like I I don't I don't really know why people hated that but so much. Like there's a, there's a lot to hate in that movie, but that that was fine by me. Yeah, just bully being bully. Like it's a it's a good way to show like, you know, that he's gone a bit off the deep end. <laughs> the dancing scene is honestly probably one of my favorite things of the whole I think, Sam Raimi. I think people's Spider-Man objection movie. is that they wanted, oh, he's an evil Spider-Man. That should be really cool and not lame. And you know? hilarious. Yeah, I like liked it. it. I liked it. But I the real one of the I big think problems. I think it's I think it's fine for a guy basically being drunk or something being kind of lame you know <laughs> yeah i want to say like spider-man 3's problem was there was too many villains james franco being well you say that but we just watched a movie with more villains that was better so. well it's handled poorly is what i'm saying yeah it's clear that well that, that's one of the things i would have always had was the problem with that movie apparently it's just a law of cinema that the third spider-man movie or the final spider-man movie has to have a bunch of villains <laughs> i don't know I mean, I think they were planning to have even more in the third Amazing Spider-Man one. They just never got to get there. Yeah, there was, but they had plenty in the the first Amazing uh, in the the second Amazing Spider-Man. They had Electro. They had Electro, and they had Green Goblin, and they had. Well, they were trying to set up Green Goblin. That's true. No, they they had him. He like never fought anybody. Didn't he? He was like flying around in his gutter and cackling and stuff. I'm pretty sure I've seen. Did he fight Spider-Man? I think he does, and I he like works with Electro. Man, that's weird. I thought, like, his main thing was, like, he was just trying to get Spider-Man's blood or something. There was that weird thing. Yeah, he, he was after Spider-Man's blood. Um, I didn't remember him actually fighting Spider-Man. And there was also Rhino at the end, I guess. And there was, like, the whole... There was, like, there was like the whole... I think this might have just been a post credit scene or something. But there was a thing where they, like, showed, like, all the gear for all the future villains. Like, oh, there was a Vulture suit and a Doc Ock suit and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that was a post-credit scene, but still. They had, like, the shadowy Oscorp people working on making supervillains. I'll be well. honest. It's kind of like a, an additional villain. If Rhino 
if Paul Giamatti's Rhino had been the main villain in that movie, it would have been much better. <laughs> Maybe. That was simultaneously hilarious and cool. Like, it's an evil Russian or something in a Rhino suit, played by Paul Giamatti, who I like, so... I like Rhino. I'm not sure a whole movie with him as the villain would actually work. I think it'd be... Like, what's he gonna do in the movie? fight Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man's, like... So, like, they get in a fight, and what? Rhino wins, I guess? Because if, if Spider-Man wins, then the movie is over. Well, I mean, he can, like, fight him. And he can... Just the, just the whole movie is one fight scene between them. That'd be epic. <laughs> or maybe he's, like, part of, like... If I'm right, he's Russian, in which case he could be, like, part of the Mafia, and they could have, like, a Mafia-themed Spider-Man movie. Can you imagine if, like, it's just the Mafia trying to pull off, like, a heist or something, and Spider-Man's trying to stop them, or, like, a terrorist attack? A Mafia terrorist attack, huh? Yes. <laughs> a shoot-up, you know. Like, an act of terror that's not terrorism. Sure. I feel like you get what I'm trying to say, but I'm saying it badly. Well, either you mean the plot of Die Hard, or you mean like they're going to try and shoot a bunch of other mobsters or something? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Did you not see that as a movie? Like I a think, Spider-Man movie? I think it would be tricky. Like, I could see it. I could see it. Where it's just, it's just a gang of regular criminals, and they have, like, Rhino on the team. Yeah. And then I he's like that. the boss fight. Yeah. So he's introduced at the beginning. Because Rhino's the... not smart, right? So I... he can't be the leader. Is he not? That's... Uh, no, well, in, in the comics, he's like really dumb. Um, but oh. even in, in this movie, in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, rather, which is not the movie we're reviewing, uh, <laughs> he's just like a guy in a suit that they got from some guys. So. Oh, that's not... I was kind of thinking that like he could set up something. I mean, you could do that. You could... Okay, so... A super I mean, strong, a super strong crime boss. That's Kingpin, right? What you want is Kingpin as as the villain of a movie. But he's got a rhino suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's kind of what they did with Vulture too. In fairness, even though I don't think he's the leader of anything in the comics, he's just this guy. Yeah, I mean, okay, Spider-Man plots are not usually the smartest thing. This plot of the Amazing Spider-Man was uh, a guy. No, he no. wants to turn everyone into lizards. Yeah, well, that, that was kind of interesting. But I'm justified in my idea for a movie. Well, I actually do think it could be interesting to have a mundane gang with superpowered members. Yeah. As the as the villains, like, you could have, you know, you could, you could even probably find some mundane criminal in Spider-Man comics and make them the leader. Uh, but like, if I had known he wasn't smart, or just or just an original character, but like, if I had known he wasn't a smart person, I might not have gone off in this tangent. But, but that, but that could be interesting, though, right? Like, they have superpowered stuff, but the leader isn't superpowered. The like the leader, there's no yeah. like like it's 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 a it's a gang. They have their own guys, but they just also have superpowered muscle. That could be interesting. But petition for this to be the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and also bring back the exact same Rhino design and <laughs> everything. Bring and, back Paul Giamatti and, as and, Rhino. and use the exact same shot where he's like swinging a manhole cover at him that everyone was really annoyed that the movie ended on without showing the fight. It did look like it was going to be a cool fight, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that. That was in the trailer stuff. <laughs> it looked cool. Yes, we'll we'll set this up in the trailer and have it be like basically a post-credit scene. To be honest, it's like it's almost what it is. Yeah. In fact, it might actually be a. I don't remember. If you if you released a trailer 
with that exact scene shot for shot, but with, like, Tom Holland Spider-Man, people would go nuts and then call it, like, I don't know. We, we, we don't know what they're going to be calling the next Spider-Man movie. Is it still going to use the home thing? I don't think so. Yeah, this was, like, the home trilogy, so it's probably going to be, like, the college trilogy or whatever. New York. They, you can't work that into the title. Maybe maybe they're not going to do the title thing again. That I don't know who came up with that. It was kind of random. It worked, but it was still kind of <laughs> random. It was random. very weird, yeah. Um, maybe, whatever. So, something Rhino-related, anyway, is my point. Yeah. People would go absolutely nuts if you, if you did that. Marvel, if you're listening to this podcast, please do this insane idea we just had. Make a Mafia Rhino-related Spider-Man movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's that random segment over. I don't remember where we were in the movie. Um, <laughs> we were. Uh, we were. Well, about we were to talking get about the death. cures. We were talking about the cures. Yeah. Okay. So, so they start. They start curing the supervillains. Uh, they cure Doc Ock. They cure Doc Ock. Evilness, which. So Craziness. it's been a while since I saw that movie. In Spider-Man Two, I feel like it was more clear that he was being sort of heavily influenced by the arms. Whereas in this movie, it seems more like he's just a bad guy. It seems like that all up until the point where he mentions the relief of not having their voices influencing him. Yeah, he does. But, like, but like he, they, they never do anything when he's got the voices of, of him, like, talking to them or... But he does. When he's... He, like, talks to them about how this is not the right Spider-Man. There's, like, a scene where, where he's just talking to them, like... Does he? Yeah. There's a, there's, he's, he, has, he, he does have a line where he says, we've got competition. I, I think but I remember him literally turning towards them. When Spider-Man comes out with his own Doc Ock arms. He says that as well, but when he has him pinned down, he like talks to them and is like, this is not our Spider-Man, what do we do? And I feel like that definitely happens. I mean, he, he says, you're not Peter Parker, but I don't remember him talking to the arms about it. Maybe he does, maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm forgetting. Um, Who knows? I, see, the problem is, I, I did watch that movie recently, so I could be mixing them up. Yeah, it, 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 regardless, I, I did feel like they could have emphasized that, that aspect of the character, which is something invented totally by that movie, by the way. But it, it's a really cool idea. Um, which is, inter- incidentally, is based on real octopuses. Because that's the thing. Octopuses actually do have, like, extra brains in their arms, basically. I did, yeah, I knew They that. have, like, a more distributed... So that's kind of what they're what they're drawing on there. I saw, I saw like, a behind-the-scenes thing. Hmm. I was talking about the design. Yeah, so they cure him. They... Get a cure on Jamie Foxx, uh, Electro, that is. Yeah, it starts draining his powers, which, again, why? But whatever. <laughs> well, um, at least if he's not a super-powered villain, maybe, he can be sent to a mental institution or something. Maybe. Uh, I guess maybe he does talk about the fact that he was like absorbing all the power from the generator and he was like going to overload or something. So maybe... I, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen any of that movie, so I don't actually know... I think may, may, uh, it's at least maybe somewhat plausible that removing his powers might let him survive. I think it could work. But it's understandable that he would be not totally on board with that. Yeah. Which he's very clearly not, even though he's kind of going along with it at first. He thinks it might be a good idea, it might not be, you know. Um, yeah, so Osborne <laughs> is totally, you know, he's just, there's a really cool scene with Spidey Sense, 
yeah, Spider-Man's spidey sense starts going off, and he's like, what's what's causing this? He, we kind of get it more from, like, Peter's perspective, almost. Mm, yeah. It's like we hear the, the tingling, and it's like him honing in on what's about to happen. Mm. It's cool. It's 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 a it's a good scene. Of course, what's going to happen is, it's friggin' Green Goblin. He's evil. Still. Evil. He's turned back. He, well, he's turned back. He's gone back into the Goblin mode. Yeah. So he fights Spider Man. Uh, Jamie Fox is like, yeah, I'm totally on board with this because he gives like a speech or something, and he rips off the thing like one second before. Yeah, which apparently does not result in him being any well. Maybe maybe it does. He just, he just kind of flies away actually. So yeah, he doesn't. He's not or really like, involved in the following. Or like fight. lightnings away. He can still, even though he's not made of electricity, he can still turn into it. So yeah, he like that. That is a cool effect they have where he like it's like a bunch of like lightning flashes between Doc different Doc. locations that like instantaneously turn to him and then disappear. It's, it's pretty cool. Doc Ock basically runs away. Yeah. Well, Doc Ock gets blasted out of the building by Electro. Yeah. He he tries to and fight. I think then... we're supposed to we're supposed to infer that the chip has been fried and he's gone back to being evil, but in fact he runs away for some reason. I guess he doesn't want to get the chip fried. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sandman. Sandman also just runs away for some reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sandman. Sandman's honestly done the most. Like they the most unfairly by this movie like they, they really ignore him completely like yeah oh, he just and the lizard he just flies away here and then later on he's for, for no clear reason gone over to the bad guy's side or something it's, it's kind of annoying honestly like I I actually really like the Sam Raimi Spider um Sandman it's as I said it's the best part of that movie and you know it's it's totally invented for the movies, by the way. I'm pretty sure comic book Sandman has none of that stuff going on. He's just a guy, you know? He's just a bad guy. But it is it is interesting. It's like like they did with Doc Ock, you know? It, it, giving these guys more complexity is interesting. Um, and I wish they had not just had him randomly turn evil off screen. I have to say, having rewatched, and this is kind of just a controversial statement, having rewatched Spider-Man 2, I would in no way put it as one of the best superhero movies hmm. which is it's often given that status as like the best Spider-Man movie ah uh, nah not really the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies have a very specific vibe they have a weird vibe yeah and it's it's kind of it's, you could say it's comic booky, but it's it kind of just weird yeah I mean they're they're not they're definitely not MCU movies you know? yeah they're very quirky <laughs> it's and the, they're their own thing and it strange. is it is weird at times yeah and I have to say, I wasn't totally into it. Like, I kind of went into it, Spider-Man 2, having not seen it since I was, like, a little kid. Mm. Uh, Actually, one thing I thought this movie improved on like versus Spider-Man 2 is that they never showed Spider-Man punching Doc Ock in the face and him not being instantly knocked out. That was annoying. That, <laughs> see? This, it was stuff like that. That, always did, that always did bug me. Actually, that kind of cartoony, this... like, wait, what? Moment. Yeah, there's <laughs> the scene where Aunt May like is holding on by an umbrella or whatever, and she survives this crazy chase as like a sixty, seven year old woman. <laughs> she died multiple times during that. I can't, I can't not get around the fact that she died. <laughs> Although I will give it to it, the speech she gives to Toby Spider Man stands as a a really great monologue. Hmm. About you know Spider Man needing to come back, 
and the hero that the hero speech is what I'm gonna call it. That was great. Yeah, Aunt May's good in those movies. Better than these movies, honestly. In this movie's Aunt May is more like an aunt rather than a grandma. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. Which is something. But that's that, how she is in the comics, though. Yeah, that always jarred me in the movies. Uh, I never really. So I haven't read the comics, so I never really knew why she looked like someone's grandma rather than his aunt. Yeah, I don't know. She's just his much older aunt, I guess. Yeah, she's like his mom's twenty-year-older sister. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, speaking of that, May, well, it's worth noting Spider-Man in those movies is older than he is in these movies. Honestly, only by a little bit. Well, he, I would he, imagine he's he's about as old in Spider-Man One as he is in this, in this movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because he finishes high school in that movie. But he's he's only a couple years older in Krennus, and you know, Aunt May is a lot older in the first movie than Aunt May in this movie is. That's true, that's true. Um, so, speaking of Aunt May, uh, in fairness, part of, part of, uh, sorry to interrupt, but part of it might also be the thing that a lot of people have complained about, and which this movie kind of pointedly ends on addressing, which is that Spider-Man is not traditionally wealthy, whereas in this, he kind of is, these, these movies. In these like, movies, like Spider-Man's being poor is kind of a big part of the character traditionally. In these movies, he's not wealthy. He's like a well, he kind of is though. Like his like his, his, Aunt May is going to like like the fundraiser thing she goes to looks quite fancy, and he and Spider-Man's going to like this fancy school that's like for the smartest kids yeah, in the city or something. You don't have like, to be rich necessarily. Not you can necessarily, get, like, but it's but it's it's but it's a, it's a thing that like like Flash Thompson, for example, is like very wealthy, and he's. Spider-Man's classmate because they both go to this this like big deal private school and just in general like Spider-Man doesn't feel poor, poor in these movies does he? Not poor no but I would say Tom Holland's character does get his own complexity that works although it, it it's not a poor it doesn't have anything to do with being poor yeah I mean it's because he's not poor he lives in a nice flat yeah right and um, also he's best friends for a while with like the richest guy on freaking earth so i yeah. guess if, if if they ever had any money problems tony probably fixed that actually i did i did think about that and this probably doesn't even matter when we first meet spider-man in civil war he lives in like a totally different flat <laughs> really i hadn't noticed that he, at least his bedroom is like like, there's no bunk bed or anything. It's just this small, kind of shabby bedroom. Oh, yeah. And I sometimes wonder, did Tony just, like, buy them a new house or something? He was already going to... That would be a good explanation. Like, was he just this poor kid, and then he meets the richest guy on Earth and becomes his best friend, and he's like, yeah, here's a nice flat. Like, cause it's, it's at least, at least, it's a different room, his bedroom. Mm. Yeah, now that you say it, you're right. So, at least he rearranges his bedroom... At most, Tony gives them a bunch of money and gives them a new flat, which is you could lean into that honestly. But I yeah. I remember I remember thinking that when I first watched Homecoming, like he's it's a different room to the one he, he's in in Civil War. Yeah, that's true. That there's like a whole scene in that room that's that is quite different. Um, regardless, I I just I feel like so that this version of Aunt May is like she's like a upper middle class like or even maybe even higher um like she's running a charity you know 
Like, it's not, it's not totally clear how big the charity is, but, yeah. Whereas the Aunt May of, uh, of the Sam Raimi movies was, like, a stay-at-home mom, basically. Uh, stay-at-home like, grandma. Yeah, who was, like, struggling to make ends meet. That was a big thing. If you remember, in fact, uh, that's how she ends up in that fight with Doc Ock. She's at the bank trying to get a loan. That's true, yeah. I, I, I do. Uh... When he robs it. <laughs> okay, okay. Speaking of Aunt May, uh, Spider-Man then fights with Green Goblin, and Green Goblin stabs Aunt May. Well, kind of. He, like, tries to stab her. I think I think Spider-Man maybe stops her stabbing her, or something. Like, he flies his glider at her, and it, I think it does hit her. It hits her. But then I'm she not seems sure. fine. I'm not and sure. then he throws a grenade at her, but Spider-Man, like, half deflects. And then she still seems fine. And then she collapses a few minutes later. She's already bleeding. What happened? Well, okay, maybe. So maybe it's, it's the at grenade. At some point during that, she started bleeding out. It's not really clear. Maybe yeah, it's the grenade. Okay. She seemed fuzzy from being knocked over by the glider, which might well have stabbed her, might well have broken bones, might well have fractured bones, might well have done any number of things by being hit at high speed by a pointy glider. Yeah. And then, yeah, he throws a bomb. Uh, she gets blasted by it. Maybe it's that, but I, I honestly didn't even think of that because really, the the grenade explodes Spider-Man, not explodes him as in he dies. It's Spider-Man and doesn't affect him in any way. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was that was kind of jarring. I have to say he's basically he almost he was almost engulfed by flames in that scene. Well, in fairness, in the Sam Raimi movies, he gets hit directly in the face with one of Green Goblin's bombs, and all it does is like destroy part of his mask. I remember yeah. that being quite weird. So. That's just a thing that his that Goblin's bobs are enough to hit hurt Spider-Man apparently. Yeah. So Aunt May has just given, though with great power comes great responsibility, line. Yeah, which wasn't I, the best was, delivery of it. I have to say. Yeah. So there's I have I have several problems with this. Problem one, it was kind of implied that Uncle Ben had already given him this speech because he gave, he he, he did like a. He talked about it in like his first appearance. He was like, "Oh, you know, if, if you have power and the bad and bad things happen, and you didn't stop them, then it's your fault." You know, like he did. He he gave it in a way, and he like, you know, we know his uncle Ben was dead. There's there was like implications there, right? Yeah. It was just that we had skipped over the origin story because we'd already seen it. But this makes it seem like actually no, haha, psych. This was all the origin story. I never got that feeling from it, though. Wow, that maybe that's just me. I just, I just felt like the actress didn't deliver it very well, or the writers wrote it in clunkily. Yeah, well, pr pr my problem, too, is, yeah, this Aunt May is not an Uncle Ben type. She's not even really an Aunt May type in the sense of the way she was in the, in the previous She's a free-spirited mom type. Yeah, she's, like, like she's the cool aunt, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, she's... In, in this movie, they do try to have her be giving, like, pearls of wisdom a little bit. In terms of, like, she's the one who persuades him to, to try and save the different supervillains. Wisdom, indeed. Um, but she was never, even in this movie, like, she wasn't the kind of person who would go, Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, that's just it, out of character for it, this It for made this sense in the scene. Because he had tried to help them, and now Green Goblin had, like, I guess, killed her at this point. Either she didn't realize that she was dying, or she did realize and she just didn't tell Peter. I don't know what was going on. She seemed like she was clearly dying, but she seemed unfazed kind of by it, to be honest. Yeah, I've seen people complain that Peter didn't do anything to save her, 
I don't know what he was supposed and to do. Did, well, he, he didn't. I don't. He, he didn't, could have he like, didn't realize she. He was could dying. have like carried her to an ambulance. He could have webbed up the wound or something. But I, I, I do agree. Yeah, like his. I have to he say, didn't realize. He didn't he realize was, until she fell over and she then bled out. Like well, in that instance, just because someone collapses, they don't instantly die. Yeah, but in the in this instance, she died within like a couple seconds of that. He he took his hand away. Was like, oh no, you're bleeding. I, she was already on the ground, and then she dies. Like. A minute later, well, before he, he, he doesn't, to... he doesn't check her pulse right. But I, like, he's not a doctor, you know. Like, I, I, am okay with that. Yeah, I like, like, what I'm saying is like, it's not like the second she was hit by that, she was obviously very badly injured, and he, yeah, yeah, he, if he had realized then, I have no doubt he probably would have done something while they were talking, but he didn't realize until after their talk, you know. So, yeah, the fact that it wasn't obvious, I don't know. It, it does feel kind of weird and jarring. I don't know how to, I don't know what to say about yeah. it. it I have weird. to say, it was an emotional scene, but it wasn't as emotional a scene as it could have been, considering Aunt May is dying. Yeah. And then dies. Yeah. It's actually more heavy hitting when we see how it's affecting Peter than it is in the moment. Yeah, I think that's fair. Which is is a bit problematic. We see Happy pull up, and he's like, "Oh, she's dead," and it's not that bad. And then he's running away. And it's not until the next scene where we see him that it hits really hard that Aunt May is dead. Didn't hit me that hard, even then, honestly. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some people cried. I didn't cry, but I feel like that was a good moment to make your audience cry. Yeah, look, so I personally felt that it was less affecting than even, like, than, like, the previous appearances of Uncle Ben dying, for example. Um, but... I don't want to say that it was necessarily worse done, just because, like, you know, when I saw those movies, I was a lot younger, for a start. <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, it's a very it different... slightly clunky. It felt clunky, yeah. I, I don't... It was, I can't... It was... Apart, from, apart from the criticisms I've given, I can't, on any objective level, prove that it was done worse or done badly, but it felt to me like it was. And the Uncle Ben thing, it always feels like it's directly Peter's fault. Whereas this one, the Green Goblin was going along with him up until he just tricked him. Well, you could say it was his fault for trying... Well, that's... Actually, yes. Okay, so that actually is another point that bothered me. So, traditionally, Spider-Man selfishly doesn't use his powers to save people. Yeah. In some way. He lets a robber go, or in, in, the, in the Samurai movies, he deliberately lets him go because he has a grudge against the guy he was robbing. Um, and as a result... Uncle Ben dies. This is in not this version. Happening. The exact opposite happens. He, she, he got her killed by being a hero. Yeah, that, that's so what I mean by it's clunky. It's yeah, not, it, this is it doesn't it doesn't work as well as like a driving force way. to make him be a superhero, which he already was anyway. Yeah, it doesn't hit the same way as it's supposed to hit. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have the emotional impact and the the, the weight. Actually, now con considering the way this movie ends. The thought can't help but cross my mind, and I say can't help, even though it literally only just crossed my mind. Um, it kind of seems like maybe they're wiping the slate clean and they want to do a more classic version of Spider-Man, just with Tom Holland. Like, like he loses all his money and stuff, and his and his previous friends. I assume he's getting his friends back. In the maybe, movie. but it's ambiguous, right? Can you imagine if? They just dropped Zendaya after making her. Well, the thing shot. is, that'd be so random. Like, yeah. Well, I'm not even clear. Like, are his friends gonna get into MIT now? Because there's no reason for them not to have gotten in. 
Yeah, I mean, in this, in this world, there's no reason for them not to have gotten in the first place. So, if they get into MIT, which, as they say in this movie, is in Boston, apparently. I don't... <laughs> I'm not super they'd familiar with it. They'd be in a different it. city. Yeah, they'd be in a different city. So, I mean, he could move there, I guess. He's no ties here anymore. But I doubt they're going to move Spider-Man out of New York. Because that's, that's his classic location. So, it kind of seems like maybe they are writing them out. That's I, insane. I doubt they've actually decided yet. But they're definitely leaving the door open to That'd be a crazy move, honestly. So, as part of that, maybe they kill off Aunt May in order to not have that version of Aunt May that's not really quite the classic version. Maybe it all makes sense. Yeah, so maybe that's why it feels a little clunky, because it was was motivated by this sort of outside-the-story desire to make things go a certain way. And if they dropped Ned and MJ, I'd be so sad. Yeah, I mean, I like those. Guys. I mean, I honestly, it wouldn't kill me. Like, you know, I don't know the Ned MJ. They're and... they're both they're both fun characters. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I could I could live with other ver- versions of it. You know, it it'll be fine, <laughs> honestly. Now, admittedly, admittedly, they could, I'm not sure who they would replace them with. I mean, they they can't when? they can well they can't do a Norman Osborn. They, they could uh, do when because they've established there is no Oscorp. You they could maybe do a Gwen, yeah. They could do a Gwen. Um, but even that would be kind of weird, because in this movie he hears about the other Gwen. Well, he hears about a girlfriend, and it's not like he ever said, oh, her name was Gwen. I, I think don't... he specifically says Gwen. Does I might, he? I might be wrong, but I think he does. I don't remember him saying Gwen. I think he's. I think he says, like, Gwen Stacy, she was like my NJ, or something like that. Oh, you're right. So... I think this version of Peter knows that alternate versions of him have fallen in love with a girl called Gwen Stacy, which would make any interactions kind of weird. Um, at least as weird as it would be trying to interact with this version of MJ, which it seems like he's given up on in the end. Like again, he just he just seems to feel like they're better off. Again, it's not it's not really clear whether or not that's actually what's going to happen, but I've, I've got to be honest. That's the implication of the ending. Weirdly. Weirdly, I don't feel like we need to talk about the fights at the end so much as the spell at the end. Yeah. Okay. Bef- so I, I, I we guess, need to. I guess we, we need we, to. We do have a little more to cover. We, so. we have a bit more to cover, but then I don't feel like the fight needs to be talked about that much because it's. Oh yeah, the, the actual final fight is is not interesting really. Like it's it's a fine fight. It's but... interesting to watch, but it's not as interesting to talk about because everything seems fine with it. Yeah. There's only one beat in it that bothered me that I want to talk about. There is one moment that I wanted to talk about as well, but other than that, I say we'll probably skip over that to the next part. Yeah, okay, so, so uh, okay, Ned's... So Peter, Peter is crying on the roof of the school building. No, we've not gotten that far. Well, that's what happens, though, even though we don't... We, oh, you're right, we don't actually see that for a we, moment. But... Peter has run away. Uh, Ned and MJ are at Ned's house watching this on the news. and Oh, sorry, we skipped over the fact that the whole damage control attacking thing. So yeah, sorry, uh, Aunt May dies, and then damage control soldiers show up, along and with Happy. immediately and try to ha- Happy, Happy shows up and is, like, held at gunpoint by them. And then, yeah, they, they these guys storm into the building in, like, their, like... It's like, like it's uni- Yeah, it's like special uniforms. ops, or maybe, like, riot police. Like, it, it's that kind of gear. They've got, they got automatic weapons, I think, and they just spray the whole area with gunfire. Uh, like, probably shooting at me. <laughs> if she wasn't dead already, she's dead now. And yeah, I assume other people live in this building, but I think they clip Spider Man. I'm not sure. He he seems fine later, but yeah, I wasn't 100 percent sure about that either. Um, but point is, 
they opened gunfire on these people. Which is really weird. It, it was really like, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, wait, why are they shooting? I really didn't know why. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson is also there, like, trying to blame Spider-Man for it. Maybe we're supposed to infer that the cops believed him? I love J.K. Simmons. Kind of wasted in this movie. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I like this version of Jameson in that this version of if J.J. Jameson, which you may not realize, is a direct parody of the show Infowars by Alex Jones, which is a web show that is like about conspiracy theories and stuff. It's very right wing, um, and they they sell that they they have a very similar sort of setup, and they sell um, like supplements. That was why there was a whole there was a whole gag where like J. Jones Jameson was like, buy my supplements, buy, my, yeah. they, they sell all sorts of like, basically scam medications and things. That's strange I have um, to say. Yeah, it's it. There's a we don't have to go into the whole thing of who Alex Jones is, but that's, no, that but was lost on me. Was... They're very very directly basing on him, except that Alex Jones would not be on friggin' giant screens all over the city for some reason. But clearly not, because I never heard of him. Um. <laughs> um yeah. But the the, the, the the even the mannerisms like he's kind of he's not quite like the appearance that like he's got more of like a shaved head. They've they've very directly based it on the specific individual. Um, well, while the gag might have been even funnier if you knew that, it was still funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Honestly, it seems like it seemed for a minute like he was kind of desperate or something. Like his career was like going downhill mm. or something. Mm. That that's the vibe I got off this. This J. Jonah Jensen. Yeah. And it is it is a shame because like why use the guy from the, the original Spider Man movies if you're not gonna have him just do that, which was really good, right? Like like I'm I'm fine with them redesigning J. Jonah Jameson. And I'm fine with them reusing the actor. But it's weird that they did both. Like, what's the point of bringing him back if you're not gonna have him do the thing that you wanted him to come back for, you know? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. He, so, he, he does feel kind of wasted in this role. Like, Yeah, it's... Like I said, I do love J.K. Simmons. It's not a shining moment in his career. It's more like a extended cameo. And it's... Nothing really happens yeah. with it. Okay, so then we cut to Ned and MJ in Ned's house watching the news being like, oh no, where can Peter be? And Ned discovers that he can very easily use the magic teleport ring. See, this was cleverly set up in a piece of perfect setup. Oh, yeah, there was a gag earlier, earlier on where he... Which was... This was actually quite well done, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Ned and MJ meet Doctor Strange, Ned says that his Nana keeps saying he has magic in his blood and wonders if he can... She says that there's, like, magic in their family or something like that. Yeah. Turns out he's right. Uh, he messes around with Doctor Strange's sling ring and... Opens a portal. Yeah. It's funny. He, like... All he does is say, I wish Peter were here, and, like, gesture slightly. And, and it happens. Opens a portal. And Spider-Man comes through. He's found Peter. But he's actually found Andrew Garfield. Dun-dun-dun. Which is hilarious and brilliant. And I have to say, Andrew Garfield was totally redeemed in this film. Because he was wasted in those other Spider-Man films. Mm. Like, it was, it was unfair to him that those were not good films because he's a good actor and he was actually he was good as Spider-Man he wasn't the best Peter yeah that's how I've always felt that like he was he's 
well, it's funny. He was. I always felt he was really good at like the quippy side of of the Spider-Man stuff. But in this, he mostly spends time as the Peter side of things. Really. Yeah, he got to flip it around, and he got to just he got he got it right. Mm. Tobey Maguire shows up immediately after, and honestly, he's not nearly as good. He's kind of just weird, sweet, and nice. Like, yeah, like the way he always was, but I guess he's old now. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I it's did just... find it was weird that they didn't. Andrew Garfield, I have to say, ten years later, looks the exact same. There's that, yeah. Tommy McGuire, twenty years later, clearly looks like a forty-year-old man. Yeah, which, I mean, and I kind of wondered why they didn't age him a little bit because I don't know. I felt like would he still be Spider-Man at this age? I don't know. I just kind of wondered. It seems off-putting. Yeah, it would have been maybe fun if they'd gone into, like... If, they, if they'd if leaned harder into the whole older Spider-Man thing. You know? Like, there have been comics about, like, an older Spider-Man, you know? Set in the future or whatever. There's been... You know, there's there's some stuff you can do with that that they, they didn't really do anything with. Even Spider-Verse kind of did a bit of that, right? You yeah. Know? They, had the, they had the older Spider-Man come in as a mentor figure, and they, they showed us, like, you know, flashbacks to, like... That how his life, how his life had gone. That in, in that Spider-Man, case, how his life had gone wrong. But that older Spider-Man was more like Andrew Garfield than he was. Yeah, yeah, but he was you like know, out of shape. Andrew but Garfield. they, but maybe they could have gotten Tommy McGuire to kind of do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, it would have been would have been kind of depressing to say, oh yeah, this is what happened to Tommy McGuire Spider-Man. He like broke up with MJ and became sad and fat or something. But <laughs> you know, you could have done that, um, or you could have, you know, you could have had him talk about having a daughter. They, that's the thing in the comics. They could have. There's a lot of stuff you could have done. He's he's fine in this movie, but it's it's Andrew Garfield that shines. Could have had him talk about having a Miles Morales that he's mentoring. That would have been cool. That would have been that would have been cool. And I bet you know who would have loved that? Tom Holland, who's openly talked about how he'd like to see a live action Miles Morales adaptation of Spider Man. Mm. Uh, that would have left it open yeah, for him. People would have gotten nuts for that. People would have loved that. That's funny. Toby or not Toby Bar, Tom Holland has openly stated in the past that he wasn't sure about coming back as Spider-Man after this movie. It seems like now he is coming back. But he's also talked about wanting there to be like a live-action Miles Morales. So imagine that that's how they did it. Hmm. Like they talked about there being a Miles Morales and then just brought him in the next movie. Yeah, yeah. There were like a lot of things they could have done. But really, it just felt like Andrew Garfield was bringing something to the table... Whereas Tobey Maguire was there and not bringing anything to the table except being Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah. He was there. He was in good shape. Uh, you know, he was nice and played Peter really well for someone who hasn't played him in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, or 15 years, I guess. And in fairness, I mean, I like those movies, but as you say, they have a very different style to these movies. Yeah. So it I, just felt like it might be that it just it just it just clashes a little bit. You know, he he'd had his trilogy and he was perfectly fine, whereas Andrew Garfield really got that. That's true. They didn't he, give him any internal conflict or anything. They got him wrapped up, you know. Yeah. Um. Um. So basically, they all meet. Yeah. Actually, there's thought. Like they could have made him desperate to get back to MJ or something. You know. Like worried about like you know. Like maybe he's worried about the fact that she keeps getting kidnapped by supervillains. Like, if he's not there, she'll probably just die or something. <laughs> like, don't phrase it exactly like that, maybe. But, you know, <laughs> you could have done something like that. They didn't give him anything to do, which, look, 
there's a lot of characters in this movie, I guess. So yeah, and he's he's perfectly good. We're not complaining about him, but we are kind of complaining about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, quite possibly the acting is like I, I don't want to say it was the actor's fault, and I, I never want to say it's the actor's fault honestly because it's like even if you hate an actor's performance, quite often you'll see that same actor in a different movie and go, "Whoa, they're actually really good at acting." I I always feel like it's probably the director's fault if an actor is bad because clearly they're directing them badly. Yeah, I mean that's what a director is there for. It's like their whole job, like is to make everything click. Like, obviously, it is possible for an actor to be bad, but honestly, I feel like maybe bad actors just never make it into movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just always the director's fault. That does seem like it is how it is sometimes. <laughs> um, um, so, th they meet them, and they're like, so where can Peter be? Uh, he's on top of the school, moping, like you said earlier. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the moment where it hits home on Aunt May's death is weird because if anything it's like it's tom holland's performance that sells it rather yeah. than tom holland now yeah i do want to say tom holland's performance even in in, in, the, in the previous scene as well with him with where he's crying over aunt may's body like that it is it's a good performance don't get me wrong um it's everything surrounding it that didn't land for me uh and this scene as well honestly because this scene has a whole thing where the other spider-men are like trying to comfort him and well, that worked fine for me. It, it felt weird to me. It's it's like he's like like lines like you don't know what I'm going through. He said to a clone of himself. Like it's just it's just weird, man. <laughs> to be fair, he doesn't know that they know that what he's going through, does he? It doesn't. It's not like an exact no. But then they, then they like recite details from their previous movies that show that they've gone through similar things it's like okay i mean i guess i guess maybe they have to establish those things when people haven't seen those movies i loved i actually loved the three spider-man being in the movie together it was great I, some of their interactions bouncing off each other are very great this, this particular one i wasn't crazy about i was fine with it i it was it was them getting introduced anyway so then they're like okay we need to lure them into stuff and they basically... Oh, I should say, they don't just comfort him. They kind of help persuade him that he was right and they should save the supervillains and not just send them back. They are Spider-Man. Which, which also felt a little weird to me. Because, like, at this, his, his argument seems to be here that, like, well, it got Aunt May killed, obviously I should send them back. Which makes sense on paper, but it feels like, like she died for this, right? Like... Wouldn't that make you more determined to do it, or something? Like it did. I don't know. It felt a little weird to me. I don't know. He wants to kill. Uh, well, he also says he wants to kill Green Goblin, too, which is perfectly reasonable. Well, it is, and it, but that also, again, bugs me a bit because like, Green Goblin lives in the same body as Norman Osborn, so like, isn't the best way to kill him just to inject him with the magic serum that you know how to make that turns him back into? Well, he, to be fair, he tried that before. It didn't seem to work. But I don't know. Yeah, he might think that he just can't do it. But luckily, Tobey Maguire's there, and he's been thinking about this for a long time, about how he could have how he could have made a thing to save him. Yeah, that actually, that is that is an interesting point we didn't address. Yeah, this, he actually does successfully inject Goblin with the serum, and it doesn't work before. Yeah. Um, now, it's not really clear, like, did, it just, did they just not successfully solve this problem in five minutes, or did the Goblin sabotage the serum or something, but... I guess that does that does make it a little bit more 
Realistic. reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they lure them out to the new Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 you know, the new Statue of Liberty. I will, I, sorry, I'm <laughs> skipping over a scene where they, you know, they make all the stuff, but... Yeah, they hang, like, they hang out in a lab and that's it's just, fun. And that's a fun they 10 minutes yeah. of everyone bouncing off each other really nicely. Chatting about their different universes, you know, good, yeah. Great chemistry, and then, yeah, they lure them out, all the bad guys out, to the new Statue of Liberty. Well, I don't think we need to talk about that because everyone knows the new Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah, I mean, it was mentioned <laughs> in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, wasn't it? No. Was that Hawkeye? It was mentioned in Hawkeye, yeah. Uh, like one line in the Hawkeye show, so that obviously clears everything up. We don't we don't need to describe it or anything because you all know the new Statue of Liberty. Perfect example of uh, <laughs> setup and payoff, right there. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's got Captain America's shield. Yeah, you would think, right? But now no, it was in Hawkeye. <laughs> I think. Who knows? There's. Why? I think it's likely that there was some kind of mix-up here. Honestly, <laughs> I think I've I've heard it speculated that there was actually supposed to be. In Falcon and Winter Soldier, a big fight scene where the Statue of Liberty got destroyed, and then like Falcon saved the day, and that's why it's got as as Falcon as Captain America. So I guess I should call him Captain America. Saves the day, and that's why it's got the shield or something. Like we don't know, but it it, it honestly I kind of I'm making fun of it, but I do actually kind of like the idea that superhero stuff has happened that we haven't seen. You know? Yeah. Because mo- in these movies, like they keep having to establish that superhero stuff has happened we haven't seen. And it always feels kind of weird, you know, because it's an obvious retcon. Well, here we go. Something happened off screen. And maybe in 10 years, it'll turn out the X-Men destroyed that statue, you know? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, they have the big fight. Wait, didn't, didn't the X-Men actually do a thing on the Statue of Liberty one time in their movies? That might have been X-Men 2. Yeah, they did. They did. It was, it was the first one. Oh, was the first Yeah, one? Magneto set up like a device on the Statue of Liberty, and they like had a big fight there. I thought that was X-Men 2, but that happened. Maybe maybe it was. I, th- I think it was X-Men 1, but I might be wrong. Regardless. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's what... Anyway, um, that's not really relevant. They didn't destroy it in that movie. Although I think I think Wolverine might have like seriously damaged one of those like spikes on her hat. Um, yeah, so they have the big fight. Yeah. Um... So, my one complaint in this fight, it's a good fight, was that they... So, Sandman shows up, he's inexplicably on the bad guy's side now for no clearly established reason, and... Or something. It's... Like, you could maybe spin it so, like, he just doesn't trust Peter anymore or something, but he's fighting alongside all the bad guys against him, you know? They would have really taken, like, one scene or something to make this work. Because he's, like, he's he's not a great guy. It wouldn't be that hard to make him turn against Spider-Man, but... Eh, very annoying. Um, but regardless, so they, luckily, they have prepared a cure for him. For some freaking reason. Well, he was trying to kill him. He wasn't trying to kill him before. Well, he was now, though. So I guess maybe it was <laughs> just in case, and they turned out Yeah, to... so they've somehow created a device which turns him back into a human. Um... I guess it's like the reverse of the accident that made him into a Sandman. The big machine thing. I guess. It, it like sort of does like a flashy thing. It kind of looks like maybe that's what it's supposed to be, like a tiny version of the particle accelerator. Actually, that guy's best line, uh, Sandman's best line in this movie, is when he's talking to Electro about how they got their powers. 
Oh yeah, that's and they're good. just talking about falling into random stuff and getting superpowers. Yeah, which is that's that's a funny scene. The, the Spider-Man had a similar scene as well, where it's yeah. like, oh, he fell into a vat of electric eels and turned evil. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Even though that's not what happened, but whatever. Um, he didn't turn evil from the eels, is what I'm saying. He didn't turn evil from the eels. He turned evil from being a stalker the whole time. I guess, but he turned eviler because he would never have met Spider-Man again, probably otherwise. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, um, so, the fight works. Uh, they win. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I, I, want, I want to go back to the curing Sandman thing. Curing Sandman. I don't, we, again, we don't know what's supposed to have killed Sandman. If indeed anything does kill him, but if Sandman is in any kind of danger when he goes back, he's definitely going to die because he's no longer invulnerable. As a Sandman, he is completely impossible to kill. That's true. <laughs> so I can't argue with that. It's kind of messed up to turn him back into a human, but whatever. Um, maybe it's just a temporary thing. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe if maybe if it was if if they'd said it was temporary, I would be a lot more okay with it. It, it is. It feels it does feel kind of wrong to like turn people back into humans, you know? Like like it's one thing if it's like the lizard where the powers are bad for them. But like someone like Electro or Sandman, whose powers are purely a good thing for them, like Except for Electro being a psychopath. Well like Electro is a bad person, but his powers are like a you know, it's like cutting off someone's arms to make them less of a threat, you know? Like, that's messed up. <laughs> like, not in Electro's case, I have to say. Like, if some, if if, a, if you had a criminal Electro's who was really good at picking locks, yeah, Electro... you were like, oh, he keeps escaping from our jails. I know what we'll do. We'll cut off his hands. He'll we'll take away his powers. That's that's not cool. That's not cool, man. That's I have no problem with them taking away Electro's powers. I have zero problem with that. I don't like it. <laughs> and Sandman. I, uh, and I, I, I like Sandman's a lot less because he's only against them in that one fight scene. You know, someone... Taking away someone's powers because they're a recurring threat. Maybe I can see it. But taking away someone's powers because they fought you one time. Not cool. I mean, maybe... And look, you could say maybe they had to do it, you know, but they... they he was literally about to kill yeah, Tommy Maguire. Yeah, I, you know, maybe... Well, maybe. But I mean, it, it did kind of look, look like he was, yeah. Um, he randomly turned evil. But the thing is, like, they don't treat it as a bad thing that they're having to do, you know? It's not treated as a necessary evil. It's like, we're going to cure all these guys. It's not even really clear whether they were going to do this originally. You know, was this part of the plan that Tom Holland was always planning on doing? Because that's not, that's not reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get where you're coming from with Sandman, but... I mean, Electro... Definitely not. You're totally wrong about that. <laughs> like he is a straight up supervillain. I feel bad for poor like. Like I mean, he is. It's it's sad about his story. Like but get him get him therapy, but don't. Yes. Do take not away give his awesome the giant electric man who will kill you if you try to give him therapy therapy because you can't do that because he's gonna kill you. Just lock him in a box or something. They had a they had a cell that could hold him. A magic cell. They'll just get killed or kill him. It's not... There's nothing... I don't know. Again, now, to be fair, it's not 100% clear that that would even have t permanently depowered him. I don't know. But they, they certainly seem to frame it like it is. Point is, you can say what you want, but Electro's powers had to be taken away. It's not even... 
Honestly, up until it works, it's not even totally clear that that wouldn't kill him, right? Like, they just come up with a device that sucks all the electricity out of him, and he's, like, feeling really sick when it's happening. <laughs> kind of seems like the sort of thing that might kill a person made of electricity. I mean, he wasn't made of electricity anymore, I don't think. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he was a solid person, otherwise they couldn't. I mean, no, you're right, he could turn... Well, he was solid before as well. He could turn solid, I don't know. I don't know. He just looked blue. <sighs> Regardless, I it felt... I, I, I felt bad for Sandman, especially. The only moment I want to talk about in this whole scene, uh, because other than that, it's it's pretty much perfect. Not like not like it's a 10 out of 10 scene or anything. But it's, you know, it's it, it's perfectly fitting and stuff. Is the scene that really makes Andrew Garfield complete. And there's a scene when both MJ and Ned fall off the edge of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Ned is fine. He catches on something. I feel bad saying this, but he's just kind of left there. Nobody really tries to save him because he's fine, really. He's hanging on. Uh, most people could get out of that situation he was in a bit more easily than he is, but he's stuck there a bit. Because he's not very fit is what you're driving at there. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad, kind of bad saying it, but it's true. Most people could have just wrapped their legs around him should be down the pole. How does he get out of that? Does he portal out? I don't really remember. Maybe he does just shimmy down. I don't know. But what happens is MJ's falling off. Tom Holland doesn't grab her. But Andrew Garfield does. Yeah, and he's like crying afterwards. It's it's, it's a cool scene. It, it really... It completes... Like, his performance in this. When I saw that they show her falling in the trailers, and basically everyone, I think, guessed that that was what was going to happen. At least online. Maybe you didn't guess. <laughs> I didn't even know they were going to be in the movie. Okay. I mean, I thought they were going to be in the movie, but, like, it's not okay. well, like, exactly a lot of people. A lot of people guessed that. I, I, I kind of guessed that. But it still lands really well. Just yeah. because of I mean, honestly, Garfield's performance. Honestly. She has no idea what the hell's happening. She's like, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's because at the end of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen falls and he tries to catch her, but her neck and back and spine just break. She just mm. dies. Which is pulled directly from the comics, by the way. That's how Gwen Stacy died in the comics. Um, yeah. And she did stay, she stayed dead for a long time. I'm not sure... I'm not sure if she's even alive. I, I, like, they've... They've got alternate universe Spider-Gwen and they've got like clones of her and stuff but i think gwen stacy might still be dead yeah which is a big which is a, a surprising thing in the comics you know like it was a big deal back when it happened yeah so obviously she died then and that's what's been making him sad he hasn't found anyone since and him saving mj is just kind of that's what i was really talking about when i said redemption mm. that's that's really what completes his performance in this it's it's really a standout moment yeah um yeah so Spider-Man, our Spider-Man, as in Tom Holland. I guess, now, they kind of... Uh, yeah, so, so our, our Spider-Man... Um, fights Green Goblin. Fights Green Goblin and is about to kill him when Tobey Maguire Spider-Man stops him. He just kind of stops him. He's like, he uses his wise old eyes to just <laughs> well, he, stop yeah, him. He grabs, he grabs the, the glider. He's about to stab him with the glider and, like, Tobey Maguire grabs him. Grabs the glider, that is. And um, just looks into his eyes and says, with his eyes, no. 
Peter. No. It's not the way. Um, he doesn't actually say anything. That's fun. Now, I think what they might have been going for there was a similar kind of, like, completion of his arc, redeeming his, like, previous pro problems thing, and that he, he was the one who was kind of there when Green Goblin died, got him killed, and then, like, that was, like, a huge problem with him throughout his life from then on. Having killed this guy that was like his best friend's father and stuff. And who also totally loved him when he wasn't crazy, so... Yeah, so maybe that... Honestly, that did not... If, if that was what they were going for, it didn't really land. Yeah, uh, I mean, the I scene mean, was fine, but that's what didn't... Wasn't exactly what anyone was getting out of it, you know? Yeah, now we've, we've debated about this uh, off the air. I personally felt it was out of character for Tom Holland Spider-Man to try and just stab someone... Especially when he has a serum that will turn them on his side. I, however, I'm totally fine with... No, I'm not, I would not have been totally fine if he actually killed him. I, can't, I won't lie about that. But I'm totally fine with the feeling of wanting to kill him. Now, acting upon it was... He was in the act of bringing the thing down on him. I'm saying acting upon it was wrong, but you can see why he was doing it. You know, to him, this guy's just killed... His only, like, relative, his closest relative. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And his Aunt May. What, honestly, what might have caused me to dislike this is the fact that immediately prior to Actually, this whole battle, we got the whole scene where they're, ta where they're trying to comfort him by talking about their experiences, and they literally discussed the times that they, like, like did went, wanted this, you know? Yeah. And... They're different characters. <laughs> they all acted upon it, though. Well, like, yeah. Tobey Maguire like, accidentally Maguire's Spider-Man did basically exactly this. He tries, he tries to kill both versions of the people, uh, both of the people who he thought killed his Uncle Ben. He succeeds the first time by accidentally yeah, knocking he, him he, out a window. Yeah, well, he, he like, yeah, he, like, he scares pushes him. him. He, he, I don't, does he, I can't remember if he pushes him or if the guy just backs up, but either way, he falls backwards out a window. Uh, yeah. In, like, a ruined building or something and dies. Um... Andrew Garfield did not succeed. But all, and he he also you maybe have you've uh, I think we can assume you've forgotten this, but he also tries to kill Sandman. I believes I that he him. has killed Sandman while he's in Venom form. Um, no, okay, I don't remember that. In, in the black suit, yeah, he he goes after Sandman, believing that he's correctly that he's killed Uncle Ben, and he just totally he he like he basically tears him apart. Like he he smashes him against like a moving train like grinding his head into nothing and like he reforms and stuff and he eventually washes him down a drain and Sandman just falls apart and dissolves and he believes that he's killed him um yep and then later on obviously it turns out that he's he's freaking Sandman of course he's not dead but <laughs> you can't kill Sandman he's made of sand maybe if you melted all the sand down he would die or something <laughs> turned him to glass yeah maybe but um so like, that's a big part of that version of Spider-Man's character. But this is not him, you know? This version of Spider-Man is a bit more mature. He's just more lighthearted. I just... I can't... I, I... It doesn't... And the fact that they've made such a direct parallel makes it seem like they're just copying the previous movie. I... I think... I felt it w made sense. I have to say, like, I... I liked... I liked the scene, and I liked Toby stopping him. More because of the humor we get out of it in a minute... Green Goblin stabs Tobey Maguire, oh, yeah. and he's totally fine. Uh, there's 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 many jokes made about it in the movie. Uh, it's, it's 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 pretty funny. Um, because we all know being stabbed by Green Goblin is no big deal, and you'll just feel fine. Unless you're Green Goblin, then you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> We're at me. 
people. <laughs> <laughs> or all of the other people he's killed, I guess. Um, um, so, but to be fair, Aunt May felt fine too, so maybe this version of Spider-Man dies immediately after he disappears. Can you, I actually wonder <laughs> that. Like, he's just there bleeding out, and then when they send him home, does he just die? Because he's not near hospital. <laughs> maybe every single one of them dies immediately after they go back, except maybe, maybe Andrew Garfield he doesn't have any reason to die, but, like, every other one probably died immediately after they went back, like... Yeah. Like, Doc Ock still... Like, seriously, that's kind of off. Doc Ock still has to sacrifice himself to stop the fusion reactor. It's true. Uh, he was... He's good, but he was good. He, he basically forced himself good in order to do that anyway, so... Yeah, that's that's how the Spider-Man 2 ended. So like, that's, he, he overcame that's still the gonna happen. Yeah. Um, Electro was definitely gonna be fried by the generator thing. Um, or die from falling. Or die from falling because he was floating in midair. From what I remember, yeah, I think he was floating in midair, so he probably would fall like thirty feet or something and possibly just die. Um, Sandman, we don't know what he was doing, but like, if he did again, die, if he was in midair, he's definitely gonna die. If he was in any kind of danger, he's definitely gonna die. <laughs> um, he might just die from spawning in a random point. <laughs> uh, yeah, like what if he was like in sand form moving through like a door or something you know like <laughs> just forms in the middle of a door um green goblin it's not totally clear what moment he was pulled from but it's he, he might, might be die. he might be okay but he might imagine if he was on his glider and his glider at the very least he's going to jail probably um yeah because he has murdered so many people uh again that's which is exactly what happened to the lizard who turned back to normal and then immediately went to jail, and apparently, I guess, died in jail, because I think they do say that he was dead. Like, Electro says, oh yeah, he died. So. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, like, they're, they're all gonna die. <laughs> Toby has been stabbed. Yeah, Toby has been stabbed. Um, and, like, I guess Andrew Garfield will be fine, but, like, maybe, well, ironically, if he did successfully save any of his villains, they're probably gonna come kill him now, so. <laughs> That's true. Well, they don't have powers now, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's just, just angry people. Imagine, because Electro, his real problem is that he's crazy, imagine if he just jumps right back into the tank of eels and just goes through it all over again. <laughs> just gets his powers back immediately. That would be good, that would be good. Uh, or he just buys a gun and goes and shoots him Spider-Man. I mean, I guess Spider-Man would dodge, but, you know. Yeah. So, Toby and Andrew are have a nice moment. Uh, while Doctor Strange has come back during this fight, by the way, and it's like, oh wow, this plan kind of worked, I guess. But wait, the spell is getting too strong, and the sky starts opening up, and all the other dimensions are coming in now. Yeah, so we see these like figures on the other side of these rifts in the sky. I think maybe they're meant to be like characters that we might recognize. I don't, I didn't actually recognize any of them. Immediately. They just seemed like. I think, I think there was like one guy who was someone with a spear who I think might be Craven the Hunter. He's a pretty well-known Spider-Man villain. Um, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I just remembered. We were talking about how there could be other Spider-Man characters who came through that we just never see. But we know that's the case because in the post credit scene we see one of them. You're right. In fact, we actually already knew he was there. <laughs> From a completely yeah. different movie. Um... Another post-credit scene, of course, um, that we've reviewed. <laughs> Go yes. check that out. If you Go haven't. check out our Venom Two: Let There Be Carnage episode if you want more details. <laughs> yes. 
Um, Rebel are the only ones who can tie all this stuff together. So, they're just way better at it than we are. Um, so, Doctor Strange is trying to hold them back, and Peter goes up and says, You can save us all if nobody knows who I am. Yeah. So, Doctor Strange is Oh, okay. We glossed over one more thing from the fight, actually. Oh, sorry. Which is re very relevant to this next scene, which is they turn back Electro, and he's like, with his version of Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is like, yeah, we turned you back. And he takes off his mask, and he's like, oh, I thought you were black. I just kind of assumed, because, like, you know, you live in kind of a black area and save a lot of poor people. I don't know. It just made sense. I wish, I hope that somewhere out there in the multiverse there's a black Spider-Man looking yeah. directly at the camera. And then, <laughs> but, so this proves that the whole only people who knew about Spider-Man thing wasn't true, I guess. That's true. I mean, he didn't know Spider-Man's secret identity in the movie, but clearly, even in this, he doesn't know it. Um, so, I'm not sure what to make of that. It's Does weird. Sandman know? Maybe, maybe he knows. Because, like, he seems different now, I guess. I think he calls him Peter. So even... No, he, you know, he did know because he talks... He pro, he, they talk about him having killed Uncle Ben, so he, must, he probably oh, knew right, that. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember exactly what, like, how that conversation goes, but he probably knew from that. Yeah. Um, Green Goblin... I'm not sure when... He, he finds out... Like, he does find out. He, he, he does find out. He finds out quite late, though. He finds out from, like... Spider-Man, um... He finds out... He finds out at, like... The, he goes to, like, Thanksgiving at Spider-Man's place. Yeah. And, and sees that he has there. the same injuries. Yeah. And then, um... Pieces pretty much immediately good. after that, I think he kidnaps... MJ. MJ and, like, forces him to choose between her and a bus of kids and then... Gets He's... killed. Um... <laughs> so I guess he must have been pulled from, like, flying to do that. It's really the only pl point where he could have come from. He was in... Green Goblin garb, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess he would have been in midair, probably. He falls and dies. I said that earlier. What if he's on his glider? His glider appears next to him, broken, perhaps, from the fight, and he just dies. Yeah. Uh, I would actually love Marvel to just release a short film of just everyone just dying. <laughs> Um, okay, so, maybe they could do it on Loki, like, the time cops on Loki are sent to clean up all the, the messes in time that this massive change is to all these timelines have caused, and they just go, and it's like, oh, actually, turns out all of them died anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to just show them all just dying, like, just spawning where we were told they were going to be, and just dying. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, so, uh, there's a, I guess, a sweet moment. Andrew Garfield was just committing suicide because he was so sad over Gwen, and he just reappears doing that and dies. That's very, very dark. <laughs> um, so there's a sweet moment where Doctor Strange is like, if you do this, everyone who loved you will forget, you know, we'll all forget who you are. We'll all forget who we are. Oh, yeah, that, that was that was cute. Yeah, uh, just suggesting that he he loved him. I guess y you know, in a as an acquaintance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's not start any new fan fictions here. Um, 
They were work buddies. Yeah, so then he goes and talks to MJ and Ned's, and it's... They weren't even work buddies. They met one time. Oh, so we're using our superhero name now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Um, or made-up names, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Spider-Man is like, yeah, you have to do this. And... Somehow it works. It works, but before that he talks to MJ and Ned in a... I have to say, a really sad moment. Mm. Also, earlier in the movie, MJ had a whole thing about how, like, she was annoyed at Peter for having tried to do the spell without consulting her. Yeah. So, it's kind of funny that he ends the movie by doing the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> he promises to go and find them, and he does go and find them. He just doesn't tell them. But he just, he sees them, and they're just happy. They've gotten into MIT, I think. Yeah, they've gotten into MIT, and... There's a moment where MJ, not knowing who Peter is, obviously, just tells him, you know, that she's unusually happy, and he's just kind of like, she's just better off without me. Which is wrong, like... Yeah, no, she's unusually <laughs> happy when we, when she's with you, Peter. Yeah, first, well, I, I think maybe she's happy because she associates going to MIT with being with him or something like that, but regardless of... Or maybe it's because she's meeting Getting him and she, she likes him, but... Maybe it's getting or maybe she just actually is happy to get into MIT. <laughs> it's like a big deal, yeah. Yeah, but, like, her knowing him doesn't hurt her. Unless, I guess, if his identity got out again a second time, and he got framed again a second time, then... That'd be sloppy. There would be a downside to her, but otherwise... Like, now, in fairness, trying to rebuild a relationship with someone that you knew, who's had their memory wiped, would be really weird and difficult. Yeah. Um, it's happened in other movies. But, like, she, she that's what she wanted him to do. It feels kind of wrong of him not to tell her, honestly. Like, yeah. You know, like, if this version of her who doesn't know you agrees with you that maybe it's best that she continue not knowing you, then maybe cut ties. But, and look, uh, may, maybe, maybe they will bring her back because, you know, she's a popular character, I guess. And yeah, so is I mean, Ned. Also, oh, Zendaya is now really famous, and everybody loves her as MJ. Well, but that might cut the other way because if she only had a three movie contract, she's now famous. Yeah, I mean that's Tom Holland's definitely going to be getting a lot more money in his next contract. Yeah, there's no way he's he'll do another movie without contracting like at least ten million or something. Yeah, honestly, I can't help but suspect that part of why he keeps talking about how he doesn't care if he goes back to doing these movies is because it gives him a stronger negotiating position. <laughs> Maybe that's cynical, but. Like, come on, it's Spider-Man. You really don't care if you continue to be Spider-Man, the one, the role that you're known for? Well, what he was saying is he just felt like it would be a mistake to play him into his 30s. Hmm. Which I actually was like, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe. I don't know. I can... He's, he's younger than the others were when they played Spider-Man. He's now had a successful three movies. He so... said, I, I, I have no problem with him doing a couple more movies. I'm not sure a whole other trilogy is the best way to go. So there's this great comic. It's called something like Spider-Man's Life or something. I... Spider-Man's Life. Well, it, it's basically like every issue is a new decade. And it, it's, it, it, goes, it covers Spider-Man in real time from when he was invented to the modern day. But like time actually passes. Hmm. It's, it's really good. Um, so by the end, he's like 100 years old. Yeah, by the end, he's quite old um not a hundred it, it, it came out like a decade or two ago but um 
he's got a he's got Miles Morales as his sidekick. He's like like the whole the world has been like substantially changed by all the super technology. It's a really good comic. Um, I feel like I would like to see a version because in the comics, nothing ever really changes, right? Like very rarely does anything stick. Things always get retconned back to being the way they were before. And that's you know that's just how comics work. I can live with that. But with the movies, things actually happen. You know, Iron Man has been killed off, and he's probably going to stay dead. I think they're making a show of Pepper being Iron Man. I think it's actually going to be uh, Iron Heart, who's his successor in the comics for a little bit, when he was dead for a while. And that's... who's that? It's just some black girl who was smart and invented an Iron Man suit. Uh, <laughs> well, it it was like he. I think I think like before he died, he like noticed how smart she was and like gave her some resources and stuff. Oh well, okay, that that makes more sense. Um, include well in the comics, he gave her like an AI that was like based on himself, so he kind of became like her sidekick a little bit. That's like her Jarvis, but I, cool. I I doubt they're gonna do that in the show though. Yeah, I I have a feeling that Rob Downey Jr. is done with Iron Man. Yeah. After, like, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, plus, like, if he was going to come back, he'd probably want a lot of money. He was already getting paid absolutely crazy. He was getting paid the budget of, like, a whole Marvel movie <laughs> to be in Endgame. Yeah. Like, he was getting paid $75 million. Well, that's that's not quite the budget of a Marvel movie. Of Maybe not a Marvel of, movie. Of any other movie, certainly. <laughs> of any other high-budget movie. Um, That's insane. Well... He was getting paid the budget of a Marvel movie to do the last two Avengers movies. Cause yeah. For and those the thing combined, is, he got $150 million. The thing is, that's true. And the thing is, even if they wanted to, they couldn't do the comics thing because actors will age, you know? They have to They have to pass down the mantle. And, and like in the comics, they'll often they'll pass down the mantle to another character, and people will really like that character. But inevitably, some writer who preferred the older way will rip it back, you know? Like, they've... They've had Batman pass on his legacy to a Robin or to someone else a bunch of different times, and many of those were very popular. People um, really liked the Batman Beyond cartoon, where he um, was like kind of like the the, the the man in the chair to to a new Batman um, in like a futuristic Gotham. Uh, people quite liked the version where in the comics for a bit he was dead and. Um, I believe Dick Grayson became Batman. He, he, so he was like a more lighthearted Batman, but then his Robin was Damien, who's uh, like quite grim and violent. So it was like kind of a role reversal. That was a very popular incarnation for a while. Um, and that's just Batman. I don't know why I'm focusing on Batman. Like, you know, people, people, have loved, people loved Wally West as the Flash for years. But eventually Barry Allen, who was originally his mentor, came back from the dead. It's like, oh, great. What are we supposed to do with this character now? You know? Miles Morales, obviously only in the, the Ultimate Universe, they killed off Peter Parker and he was replaced with Miles Morales. And people love Miles Morales. Yeah. But now they've brought him into the regular comic universe because they got rid of that whole Ultimate thing. And it's like, what's his deal now? So he's like Spider-Man's teenage sidekick? But Spider-Man is also often kind of basically a teenager. Like unless you want, unless you have a version of Spider-Man who can be a mentor, which they often don't want to do because they want Spider-Man to be young and stupid, <laughs> and dealing with like 
money problems and stuff. What's Miles Morales supposed to do? It doesn't you can't have them both at once. Whereas if things evolve and stay this and, and, and stick, I think you can do a lot of interesting things that you can't do with the comics model. I'd have um, I have to say I'd like to see Tom do it for a little bit while and then it honestly the rights revert back to Sony and then do another movie with a new actor. I mean Maybe they do a Miles Morales thing. Maybe yeah. maybe that's now, what they I'm, do. I'm not, I'm not saying that I want Spider Man to necessarily make it to eighty <laughs> but you could have him die and be replaced with Miles Morales. That would be a fitting end to his story, you know? Make you know, re- reach the point where he's an adult, you know, maybe even Well, the problem with Miles Morales is now he's a, he's she's got his movies now. Well, that's true, but the the, the Spider-Man into the um, multiverse. The the other successor to Spider-Man who was also quite popular was uh Well, there's a couple of them actually, but the the one I'm thinking of is he had a daughter. They did like a a, a comic set of the future. It was all focused on Spider-Man's daughter, Mayday Parker. It was very popular. Um, there was, there's also uh, Spider-Man 2099, who's another thing. But the point is, there's a lot of future Spider-Men out there, you know? Some of them even said in the present, like Miles Morales. But there's a lot of po- potential successors in the comics that people like. You don't have to reset things. Um, and they could perfectly well have the Marvel version of Spider-Man get replaced and still do have Sony do their own Spider-Man movies, you know? That's true. Um, I mean, they've already... I mean, Sony's already doing the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah, with Venom and Morbius have to come out. That too, yeah. When's that coming out? Uh, Morbius, I think, comes out this month, actually. Might be a review of that, then. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but my point is that I think an adult Spider-Man can work... Um, I'm not saying that you have to do it necessarily, you know, it would be okay, if, but I, I think it would be, it would be nice if, you know, Spider-Man at least lived long enough to pass on the torch in some way, and if they have to kill him off after that, you know, I'm okay with that, but... Actually, you know what they could do? If Tom Holland signs on to a trilogy, what they could do is do two more Tom Holland movies, set up a Miles Morales type pass it on in the third movie and have him die in the third movie and that'd be like the beginning of the Miles Morales character. Mm, that'd be good. You know, so it's it's like simultaneously the same movie is his end and their beginning. Mm. I'd like to see that because that doesn't happen very often. You could also... Uh, an- another potential candidate would be Spider-Gwen. Yeah, but again, she's kind of the, the secondary main character and... That's true, that's true. I say Miles Morales type because he's the only one I really know. Mm. But I would like to see it be a Spider-Man who's not in the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. Uh, which are great, and I'm excited to see the new one when it comes out later this year. But, you know, I want it to be someone new if it's going to be someone new. Yeah, um, I think, well, hmm. So, if they were going to do that, if they were only going to do two more movies... I'm not sure who would really work. That's the thing. Like, most of the future Spider-Men are, like, further in the future, you know? Well, like, I mean, like, you don't like, have to do like, it like the comics. That yeah, no, no, that, that's very true. But I'm thinking, like, like if you wanted to do May Parker, for example, in the comics, she's called May Parker because she's Spider-Man's daughter with MJ, and she's named after Aunt May, right? Right. You can, you can, you can see where that comes from. So, um, 
I don't think the timeline is going to reach far enough that Spider-Man's going to have a teenage daughter. I mean, it, it would be cool if they did, but, you know, seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, so, there is an after credit scene. Yeah. I don't really feel the need to talk about it, because it's actually kind of dumb. Well, there's two, there's two after credit scenes. Uh, one is the one that deals with the Venom stuff, which... Is, uh, which is it's, it's, it's Venom it's at the bar that he's yeah. in at the end of Venom, the post credit scene in Venom two, and he leaves behind a little tiny bit of Venom, which doesn't oh, that's make true. sense. Yeah. If Venom goes back, then why does that thing stay? Surely that would know. just go back. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That was bad. Um, I'm not blaming it on this movie because it basically has nothing to do with this movie. I was almost disappointed that they set up in. Venom 2. It would have been cool to see Venom in this movie, but I guess it was quite crowded. It would have been cool to see Tom Hardy in this movie, yeah. Properly in this movie, I mean. Mm. And in fairness, it would have muddled the whole storyline with the them dying and stuff, you know? Yeah. And then there was the second post credit scene, which is uh, Peter visits... Although, honestly, you could... Because Venom does die, right, in Spider-Man 3? So you could have had Sandman be like, oh yeah, I met a version of you and he totally died. And just have them think that he's going to die. I don't know. But he doesn't because he's not the same. <laughs> um, so then there's a second post credit scene where Peter visits Aunt May's grave. Happy is there. He says he knows him. Wait, was that a post credit scene? Was it? I think that was just the end, actually. I, I didn't bother to mention that because it's just kind of part of the, the yeah. whole he's forgot everyone's forgotten him thing. Well, he says he knows her through Spider-Man, which doesn't make any sense because... Yeah, so she was his aunt. I feel like look. I don't think we have to go over all the ways that this memory erasure raises a million questions. Yeah. Okay. We we won't. We if, won't. If we do, we'll be at this for another hour. But Spider-Man. The post-credit scene in that case is just yeah. Spider-Man goes into his. I guess. I guess in in, in Happy's mind, Spider-Man worked with Aunt May at her charity thing in some capacity. Yeah. And he worked with the Avengers as well, so he introduced them somehow. Um, yeah, so the post credit scene is actually just but, and Peter going into his uh, empty, bare, poor-looking... No, again, that's just the ending. Sorry, yeah, we should, we should, we should, have, we should have covered that, yeah. He, um, is that just... I thought that was... No, that's just the ending. Yeah, he, he, the, the, like, I, think, I think that's the final shot where he, 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 he's got an apartment now. He's, he's got a new homemade suit. He's studying uh, for his GED, so I think the implication is that he's lost his, like high school record he's no longer got like great test scores right um and so he's, he's not getting into MIT unless he off screen pa passes the GED really well and gets in that way um and yeah he's he's poor now he's he's got this crappy apartment and stuff and presumably he's gonna have to work for J. Jones Jameson or something I, I I can't see this version of him working for this version of Jameson honestly like yeah Feel like he kind of hates him now, probably. Yeah. Um. So the other post-credit scene is not really a post-credit scene at all, but is in fact just the trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Oh, no wonder I was thinking that what I was talking <laughs> about was post-credit scene. That's not at all. Yeah, it's it's kind of annoying. Like, I don't know. I would have watched the trailer anyway, but like. I didn't want to see it in Dead. You know, you could have just made it, cut one scene from that trailer and put it in as the post-credit scene, you know? I don't want to watch a whole trailer. Um, 
At least, I mean, I do want to watch a whole trailer, but I don't want to watch a whole trailer when I'm expecting a post-credit scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, leave me intrigued rather than going, oh yeah, so that's the plot of that movie. Yeah. I don't know. So, we'll, we'll wrap it up now, because, as always, we try to keep it mm. at least oh, a little bit below. I do want to address one thing from that credit scene, post-credit scene slash trailer, which is that uh, several bits of it directly reference the What If animated show. So, uh, yeah, you got to watch that, apparently, if you want to watch that movie, I think. Yay. That was very surprising to me. but I haven't bothered to watch that myself. That's going to be fun. It also directly references WandaVision, but I think most people did probably watch that. Yeah, because it was a well, proper... Again, I say most people. So, we were talking about this a bit off air. Like, this movie made... 1.38 billion so far. It will probably be out another month. And we'll probably rack in a lot more. Yeah, this was the highest grossing film of the year. It did incredibly well. Incredibly well. Insanely well. Um, it, it almost doubled what most other films were making. But, if you assume each movie ticket is about a tenner. Yeah. Then only about 140 million people have seen this. Yeah, so actually, like, that's not really that many. Even, like, worldwide, you know? But it seems like like everyone in the world seems to be talking about this. Like we can't even assume that that's all in first world countries. That's definitely a big chunk of that is from China for a start. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I, they were it was released in China, right? Yep. So nothing makes this much money without being released in China. Um, so like, the actual percentage of people who've seen this movie is probably not as high as you would think from. But I mean, pop culture cover of, it, of this like ours. It's a weird thing to think though, because I mean. Like, that's what everyone is talking about, this movie. Mm. And it's the same, like, by this logic, then less than 300 million people have seen Avatar, which is the highest grossing movie of all time. Which can't be true. I mean, okay, Avatar has obviously been released on DVD and been on Netflix over the years. But even so, it's kind of insane to think. Well, honestly, that feels less weird to me because nobody talks about Avatar because nobody remembers what happened in it. Because it was boring and bland. Mm. And oh, what wait, about I've been hearing I've been hearing some defenses of Avatar, and we might we might be doing an Avatar episode at some point. Maybe I've been hearing defenses of Avatar recently. Avatar's a bad movie. I hated it when it came out. I don't like it now. <laughs> I may rewatch it, but guys, Avatar was never good. Okay, people just thought the special effects were good because they were good for the time. That's literally all it was sold on. No, even even at the time, nobody thought it had a great story. It's not a good movie. I. I didn't know you disliked it, actually. I mean, I don't... I hate it. I don't know if I'd say I hate it, but, like, I didn't like it. I, I almost hate it more for the fact... Well, I think... I don't like the movie, but I kind of hate it for having the reputation that it is as being so good, because it's not good. It's... Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't think it has a reputation for being good. Like, there's been some people... There's been some pushback, but I think the reputation is generally that it was kind of bad and forgettable. Um... Which it was. <laughs> Which is weird, because I remember, like, the whole plot. But, yeah, like, I mean... It's not... I do remember the plot. I can name maybe two characters. Um, there's the blue people, and there's the bad people. There, I know I know the main guy's called Jake Sully. I do remember that. Um, Which you don't. as you, can, <laughs> you can't see his expression, but he's looking at me in shock. And I think the main blue girl might be called, like... Nateri... Something like that. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Um, I can't remember any other characters. Then there is generic evil. 
You got the generic soldier guy. You got the generic, got the generic scientist. Mormon, you got the generic scientist guy who's barely in it. You've got. Um, you got the generic pilot lady who's like badass. Michelle Rodriguez as herself. You've got. She's never played um, anyone else that I've seen except herself. You've though. got the generic romantic rival blue guy. Um, that's all the characters really. I yeah, think. there's <laughs> might be. There's some other blue people who don't really do anything. I can't think of anyone else. Oh, there's the there's the evil CEO. Ah, uh, yes. So like the the corporate guy. Generic corporate guy. Yeah. Uh, not at all ripping off the guy from Aliens. Yeah. Literally the only thing in this movie that I liked was the Technobabble, which I don't think even a lot of people noticed. But um, they do have a... This isn't an Avatar episode, but they, they do have a fun thing where um, the floating islands and stuff are floating in the planet's magnetic field because they contain a room temperature superconductor. Oh, yeah. And his, that's that's what they're all there for, the unobtainium. His, his birds is kind of a character. <laughs> I guess the different... The, yeah, there's two of those. The horse. Have you, have you forgotten bird. that? There's, there's two different dragon birds that he gets. He like gets, he gets one like and they're the he gets one. he gets one and they're like oh yes this is a lifelong bond you will be with this bird forever and then, and then he, like five minutes later he gets a different one gets like it's a, a better one. one and he just flies around the upgraded one from that on. <laughs> yeah and they're like oh no one has ever done this in a thousand years yeah so but Avatar is not a great movie this is not an episode about Avatar <laughs> this episode uh, has gone on quite long we will wrap it up so I think. our our point my point with that tangent was just that. It's not surprising to me that, you know, only a certain percentage of the population has seen Avatar. It is surprising to me that only a certain population, that, 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 that such a small percentage of the population has seen this movie, because it does seem like it's everywhere. Um, and the Marvel shows are probably even less well-watched, really. So, yeah, I do wonder, like, they try, I think, to make them watchable without having seen the other stuff, generally. But... It does feel like they're maybe approaching the point where it starts to to get shaky, you know? Like, you haven't seen the What If show. It's true. I um, have no Are attention. you planning? Yeah, you're not planning to. Like... I gave up on it, like... It seems like... Okay, I, I don't want to give spoilers, but it seems like maybe the main villain of Multiverse of Madness is going to be from that show. Huh. And, like, multiple characters. Oh, man, I might have to watch that episode. <laughs> just to, Just in case it ties in. Too much. Um, yeah. And it's also going to have Wanda, who has radically changed over the course of WandaVision. That's true. So, like, for people who haven't seen either of those shows, like anyone who isn't subscribed to Disney Plus or knows how to torrent things, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if that movie's going to make any sense. And it also might well, because it's a multiverse thing, tie into Loki. This movie, like, has one line where they say, oh, it seems like the multiverse is weaker or something. Some nonsense like that. Just to hand wave the fact that they're also doing a multiverse thing in this movie, that they also did some in Loki. But, like, if they're going to really go into the multiverse stuff in detail in Multiverse of Madness, which it seems like maybe they are, surely they're going to have to finally address what happened in Loki. So that's another show you're going to have to have watched. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. It, it maybe looks, maybe this will end with a trailer for Loki season two. Maybe. Um, okay, we will. Honestly, you've wrapped up that tangent now, and now we'll try wrap up the whole episode, which has gone on quite long. We always try to keep it just a little bit shorter than the movie we're reviewing. <laughs> uh, luckily, this was a long movie, so we 
do the long review. Um, favorites and least favorites. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what is your favorite? My favorite is a tricky thing to choose. Um, hmm. So I did. I mean, I like I liked a lot of stuff in this movie. Um, I actually quite liked. Hmm. I, I want to say I liked the central theme. But I didn't really like how it was handled, so I'm not sure that's actually true. So, okay, so the central theme of this movie is redemption. <laughs> He's gesturing at me like, no, don't go on another hour-long tangent about the themes of the movie. But, like, okay, like, I like the whole second chances thing, you know? And I like a superhero trying to help the supervillains. That's something you very rarely see. And whenever you do see it, I, I like it's it. It's very Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, there's been some good Batman stuff that did that as well. Um, and, you know, Superman, you know, it, it all superheroes are nice people, but <laughs> it's, well, not all, but most. Um, but it, it's, it's rare for them to actually have that impact the plot in a meaningful way like this. I did, I did like that. Now, the actual mechanism of doing that, we've already complained about that a lot, you know? It's weird... And look, I don't know if there was a way to do it more elegantly in a lot of in a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I like at the end of the day, they're supervillains. You know, they don't have realistic problems or reasons for doing things. So, you know, and even and if they did, then they wouldn't be easy to solve in the course of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the closest would be like Sandman needs money. You could have given him some money, but I mean. Not literally money, I guess, because he's going to another universe. But they could have given him, like, a block of gold or something. <laughs> uh, and that would have solved that problem, maybe. But, like, you know, they couldn't have actually solved Electro's obsession with Spider-Man and, like, stalkeriness in the course of a movie. Even if he was the main villain, and he's not. Yeah. So, I, I get that, but... Um, I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of the execution, but I did really like that they at least tried. Yeah. Um, it feels weird saying something that I have such criticisms of as my favorite thing. You know, I mean. But it was it was refreshing. Yeah, it was very refreshing. Uh, what was your favorite thing? Or actually, no, let's go with least favorite so we can end on a positive note. Okay, my least favorite thing in this movie was the fact that this is kind of a dumb thing to say, but. It's the fact that they made such a brilliant Spider-Man movie, and I genuinely thought this was a brilliant movie. This is top-tier Marvel material. Mm. But the, there was these little inconsistencies that were irritating throughout. Mm. And it's like, I know there's always going to be bumps in a movie, but could you at least try to smooth them out sometimes? Because like, there were just a couple things that, you know, that we mentioned throughout this, this episode, but I felt like this movie really deserved, like someone to just say okay that that doesn't make sense you know and just to fix that because it wouldn't be hard yeah when you're gonna ha if you're gonna have a movie that leans so hard on continuity then maybe pay more attention to continuity yeah and that's that's i don't I'm, i can't rag about this movie too long i really liked it so that's all i'm gonna that's all i'm gonna say okay what was uh, your least favorite um i kind of want to say tone or something like there's a lot of little things in this movie that niggle at me, and not not just the plot things, because honestly, those don't really bother me, you know? Like, 
I can talk about them at great length, but at the end of the day, I don't really care about them, you know? That much. But stuff like the way they did Aunt May... I, th I think I'm going to go with Aunt May's death, actually. That whole thing just doesn't quite work. I don't know. It, it's it such a big... more of an deal. emotional impact, and it didn't didn't have that punch that it needed. Yeah. I, I don't know how they could have fixed it, which normally when I say, when I have a criticism of a movie, I have a thing that I would say, like, this is how they should have done it. I don't know how they should have done that, honestly. Uh, maybe they just shouldn't have killed her off, you know? They could have had her memory wiped or something, I guess. The same way they did everyone else. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but that just didn't sit great. Um, what was your favorite thing? I gotta say, I loved most things about this movie. Um, it has to be Andrew Garfield's redemption arc. Mm. Uh, now, I, I loved Tom Holland's performance in this. And I think MJ had a bit more character depth than she usually did, I have to say. She's, I guess up to now we've kind of been building her up, which is another reason why I feel like it'd be weird to drop her off now. Because mm. they built her up, and this movie she really shone, I think. Actually, that's what they should have done. They should have killed MJ and had her deliver the great responsibility line. Because she actually is like... like her, she, they, have, they have done a whole thing where like she's quite political, you know? Yeah, she like knows. Her, even in this movie, they have they, they they make a point of saying like she knows her rights. She knows not to talk to the cops when you're arrested, that kind of thing. I have a problem with that too, because they built MJ up so perfectly to have her be the Spider-Man girlfriend that we usually get. I mean, don't get me better. wrong. It would have been it would have been really sad if they killed her off, but but like, that's a good thing in a way. <laughs> but and I love Tom Holland's performance in this movie as well. But Andrew Garfield, that one moment where he catches MJ. I just that was perfect. Mm, mm. As far as doing a movie right, like that was perfect. He got hard. He got a hard deal with Spider-Man movies being bad because he was a he was a good Spider-Man, and this just fixed it. I found. Yeah, it I was agree. it was almost like, like a, a mini third Amazing Spider-Man movie within the Tom Holland movie, <laughs> and yeah. it it honestly paid off just as well as the movie did for Spider-Man himself. So. I think that has to be my favorite. Yeah, I like that they gave him an arc. I, I wish they'd given one to, to the other Peter as well. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just end it up, finish it up on the ratings. What would you give this movie out of 10? Um, hmm. It's a tricky one, right? Because we've just spent a lot of time complaining about this movie. We do that <laughs> a lot, though. Um, and, like, it has a lot of flaws. You know, I, I can't call this a perfect movie. But it also is a great movie, you know? It's a, it's a really good movie. Um, I'm going to go with eight and a half. Wow. Um, it's clear that the more you've had time to think about this movie, you've come to like it more and more. I think, I think right after we watched this movie, I said maybe a seven or an eight. And yeah, I think maybe it deserves a bit better than that. But I think I definitely couldn't go as high as a nine because it's just does have problems you know um out of the spider-man movies i would say it's probably it, it's worse than it's definitely worse than spider-verse which is probably a 10 out of 10 spider-verse um, is an exceptional film i have to say and it's a it's difficult to compare with spider-man 2 but i do kind of think i prefer spider-man 2 just because you know the villain of Spider-Man 2 has a really interesting conflict and arc 
None of the villains in this movie really get an arc, you know? The closest we get is Green Goblin, really. Who's got, and that's just a good performance. <laughs> he is, it is portrayed, but he is portrayed by William Dafoe, so... Yeah, so I I think I think 8.5 is, is probably a fair rating for this movie. What would you rate it? I would rate it a 9. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, like, while I am very, you know, while I like, you know, kind of diving into the problems, they don't bother me nearly as much as problems would in other movies, hmm. because... Overall, this is just a great movie. Yeah. Like, you said it yourself, but it's... Emotionally, it lands. That's it, the thing. It landed really well, like... It's the intangible part of it that works. <laughs> the the very end really was so emotional, and Andrew Garfield's performance was a standout, and Tom Holland, Sean, and MJ Sean, and everybody just kind of Sean, except for... Aunt May and Sandman, I guess. <laughs> mm. Oh, an interesting thing about uh, Sandman and also the lizard. So, actually, a couple of shots of them are reused. I believe the any shots of them where they turn the shots of them where they turn human are, I believe, reused from their movies. Huh. Yeah. So they didn't actually get the actors in. It's just voice work. I'm pretty sure. That's strange. Well, not strange. I, I guess. Think, it I think it might be a COVID thing, but yeah. Um, that, so that that may contribute to the fact that those characters don't really get much to do. Yeah, I just think overall this is practically the perfect Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Like the original Spider-Man, this is practically perfect. Uh, of course, it does have obviously we've managed to complain about enough things that I can't give it a ten. But it was it was a really great movie, and I think overall everything just clicked into place and it worked. Mm. I will also say. And maybe this should have been my favorite, <laughs> although, like, it's, because it's Marvel, it didn't necessarily stand out that well, but, like, visually, this movie is incredible. That's true. Um, I mean, there's not a single effect in this movie that looks bad, um, except, well, okay, I say that. Maybe some of the Sandman stuff doesn't look spectacular, but that's probably because they're trying to make it look like Sandman from the 2000s, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and um, there's some really, really good effects in this movie. You know, the whole, I really loved the the mirror dimension that they did in Doctor Strange and they do it if anything better here yeah they do all sorts of cool stuff there you know there's um, the new electro effects are really cool I wasn't a huge fan of the way they made his co- sort of costume spikes appear around his head but apart from that it looks really cool you know there's there's some really cool visual stuff in this movie that we haven't really talked about yeah um, because you know this is a podcast we can't really show you any of that stuff <laughs> yes the cinematography and CGI and special effects on this film were exceptional as well as the stunt work which was clearly extremely well choreographed and really really great overall also i wasn't a huge fan of this initially but i have come around to the fact that they made andrew garfield blatantly lie on tv a bunch about this movie for no reason that was that was funny that was hilarious (laughs) uh i have to say that's a deep fake (laughs) no andrew no it's not um Yeah, that was great. Okay, um, so that's about it for this episode. Um, As always, you can email us if you want to get in contact. Podcastyoungadult at gmail.com You can find us on Twitter at podyoungadult. Uh, You can find us on basically any app or 
website where you can get podcasts and hopefully leave us some kind of review there uh we we love to hear from you guys um that's about it really yep thanks for listening Uh, our next episode will be uh mistborn episode uh i we haven't decided yet (laughs) what we might do next in terms of other media reviews yeah it could it's most likely to be another movie review if there's one um but we are working uh in the background on putting together another book review yeah, we've got a couple of different book book things on the back burner. We've got a few different things we're thinking about. So uh, there will be more immediate reviews of just random one-off reviews like this coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, if you are following our Mistborn episodes, uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks for listening.